だ怒りに燃える投資があるなら巨大な敵を撃てよ撃てよ撃てよ正義の怒りをぶつけろガンダム起動戦士ガンダムガンダムよみがえwelcome to the red leaf retrocast the worldwide weebs the most international podcast of all time all <laughs> time let's not go that far are you are you disputing this fact uh yep. yeah our brazilian is not even here the brazilian is absent for this episode he has uh, this A thing life. called well there is no life outside anime or video games and that's why we're here okay. he wants to make a life outside of it how dare he anyways yeah Yes, Hickey is gone. It is okay. He's not permanently gone. This that, time. This time. Yet. We're not taking the podcast <laughs> in a different direction. <laughs> I'm only half fair, though. <laughs> oh, God. You're only here in actual body. Yeah, not in spirit. <laughs> this, brought, this podcast is brought to us by David's Tea. Find your inner chai. Have you found it yet, Joe? No. Tori, have you ever found your inner chai? I don't even know what that is, so no. Do you want me to align my chakra or whatever? Well, oh, if you want to find chi. your inner chai... Chi, okay, gotcha. I gotcha. Whether it's sweet, spicy, sweet and spicy, the tea is calling your name, Tori. In particular, if you were in North America, if it could I call your name. America, but Joe, yeah. it is definitely calling your name. <laughs> <laughs> Taste the latest or curl up. With your significant loved one, or a classic chai tea. Some top choices going right now is white chocolate tea, pumpkin chai, s'mores chai. Mm? Mm. You feeling that? All you basic white girls. <laughs> <laughs> we got that shit ready. Well, now that that's out of the way, we can get down to business. Joe, how you doing? I'm doing all right. You're sitting right next to me. What's up with this? Oh, wow. Yeah, because I'm moving to Rhode Island. <laughs> yeah, we did it. Uh, it only took ten and a half hours to drive here from Toronto. Yeah, what happened to eight hours? Well, I mean, there's border control, and <laughs> I had to pee, and how dare you try to fucking relieve yourself? Then there was traffic. Eat. What's wrong with you, Tori? How come you're not in Rhode Island right now? Well, because I'm in Norway, and there's currently a cycling world championships going on there, so I can't get anywhere. <laughs> I hear that was almost your problem that you had to deal with it. Uh, uh, I'm still not sure how because I'm getting mixed messages now so it might actually be my problem again so now I'm not sure and I'm literally sitting here it's just a couple of hours until I may or may not have to participate and I'm getting mixed messages so I don't know <laughs> uh, beautiful just the way I like it yep very well classic. planned out as you can tell <laughs> oh clearly Speaking Clearly. of sports, I have been here trying to convince Joe to bo- to join the bowling team with me and become my partner in bowling. <laughs> the world's largest handicap play. <laughs> What's your average? Um, I'm rocking a good 90. 
<laughs> it's okay. I've made that up. I've gotten better. I'm pulling 220 these days. Your average will go up to 300. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Just like my personality. <laughs> well, it's funny Norway comes up, not because of Tori, but because we saw on a billboard that we could get to Norway for $99 out of Rhode Island. Non-stop. Non-stop flight. Cool. I mean, you're welcome. To Tori. Yes. How's Bergen? Uh, well, like I said, Cycling World Championships started yesterday. Uh, mm-hmm. Kicked off for real today. And uh, now, all next week, they're going to keep going. And uh, our school decided to sign us up for as volunteers against our will. And really, without even telling us, until we one day just was told, Hey! You're volunteers. And it's like, no, I never signed you, up for a volunteer. So the school signed you up to volunteer for the Cycling World Championship? He was yep. voluntold. You were voluntold? Yeah. yeah. I was put a gun to my head and said, this guy's a volunteer. Yes, I am. Now get in the Gundam. <laughs> get in the Gundam, yeah. You know, it's funny you bring that up. This podcast, we're discussing the Mobile Suit Gundam movie trilogy from the early 80s. The one no, you're we're supposed not. to watch the series first before you watch. Uh, yeah. That can be debatable. Well, I mean, uh, fan, fans and people say that the movies are more canon at this point than the TV show from 79. <laughs> okay. It's all revisionist anyway. Uh, they, they kind of add a couple things that were missing, but it's mostly just the kind of text tell in certain scenes yeah as definitely. opposed to just showing so that happens yeah. um, i really i really like that, just transitioning to battle all of a sudden with no actual explanation of what the fuck is going on that was nice <laughs> do you want them to tell you everything or do you want you to show them i wow. i would deal. like to, i would like recreators i would like them to recreators tori i would like them to not get in a spaceship <laughs> leave, leave out into space and only to cut until them being in war on some other planet or colony or whatever the fuck they were at. That is a bit... Wait, what? <laughs> what happened? Drop the colony. That'll show them. <laughs> Do that later. <laughs> a couple times. Every series. Before that, our, our uh, main discussion topic is over weekly to binge-watching an anime. A suggestion by our community. No. And where can, I f- where can they find our community, Joe? Uh, well, if you're talking about the community, we're on, we're on Mal, as the Mal group, uh, WWWcast, or Red Leaf Retrocast, type that in, it's the only one you're gonna pop up with. From there, if you find us, you can find our, all our individual, um, Mal pages, and on the group, you can actually get into our Discord, which is basically where all our community interaction happens. Uh, you can find us all on Twitter. Tori has some ridiculous name that's going to be in the show notes, and JD's mm-hmm. bowling JD, and I'm full metal underscore LAX. Black. Excellent. Well then, shall we move on to some bullshitting, such as Rhode Island's actually pretty fun? Uh, of course it is, yeah. It's yeah. Uh, we have seasons. Yeah, well, I mean, Canada season. has seasons such as cold and not as cold. cold winter and, like... A little less than winter. It's just like Norway. Winter is always coming, and then it's here, and then it's here again. Actually, yeah, well, it always be hickey. You know, summer hey, is here. JD, don't first of all, don't pull me down with you because that is just not true. Here in Norway, we have winter, and then we have rain. 
Uh, oh. no, 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 no. Let's let's not get it twisted. You have rain, and then you have slightly colder rain. No, sometimes the rain actually completely freezes. That's that's hail, bud. Or sleep. Yes, it is hail. We do get quite a lot of that too. Fuck that. <laughs> Fuck that. Yeah. So all yesterday, uh, Joe was kind enough to kind of hang with me and show me around as we were looking for apartments, not together, just for myself. Gotta no, you're moving clear. in together, and you know it. Gay. <laughs> yeah, that'll show why you right there. <laughs> well, there is a few members of the community. We have to break them out of their shells, so to say. John. Semi. Crash. All right, the list is quite large, actually. All of them. <laughs> Meaning everyone has to move to Rhode Island now, so we're still waiting on your uh, your visa application, Tori. Well, I mean, you could also just move to Bergen. Yeah, build that wall or whatever. Yeah. I mean, if there's good jobs in Bergen, I'll go. I'm sure there is. I'll yeah, go yeah. to the Norway mountain town. Yeah, you do. Yeah, sure, you do that. Mountain town. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, aren't they blowing a hole in the mountain behind your house? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, sure, I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> That's right, boy. <laughs> We're I mean, mountain town, they're trying to get rid of the mountains. It's going to be, it's going to be ex-Bergen. It's good. Yeah, sure. Right. Bergen Valley town. Yeah, that would be more correct. <laughs> <laughs> But it's been it's been quite quite a quite a good weekend. Joe's been kind enough to let me sleep on his couch um, and drink every day. Yeah, we have we've <laughs> definitely had some drinks. the The place I ended up uh, going through on is what two minutes from a brewery. Yeah, high end, <laughs> high end, two minutes. <laughs> of course, this is Rhode Island. Everything's only like five ten minutes away anyway. Yeah, everyone's complaining about uh, driving maybe ten minutes or going across a bridge. And I go, I don't. I mean. It was faster for me to walk to work than take any transportation in Toronto. <laughs> well, yeah, I would assume it would be faster to walk from your couch to your office chair. Well, no, if I had to actually go to a building, <laughs> it was a 45-minute walk or an hour by train. Yeah, I'm still sticking, still sticking with my computer desk. <laughs> no, thanks. Yeah, so there's a lot of job opportunities out here. I hope the next uh, part of my life goes well in Rhode Island. I'm looking forward to the future. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. I mean, we're going to try out for the uh, North American Soccer League team, the Rhode Island uh, Oceaneers, right? They're, ha uh, yeah, they're having sure. open tryouts. I mean, I mean, why not? Anyone can go. Why not? Worst, worst case scenario, nothing happens. We're, yeah, exactly. They're going to wonder why we're there. <laughs> it's like, I, want, I wanted to see if I was uh, had natural talent. <laughs> Am I some kind of god? <laughs> I have my smartphone. <laughs> <laughs> I have my smartphone. Isn't God just going to give me all of the powers? All of his number. <laughs> Isekai smartphone. Uh, I'm pretty sure I have the power to create anything, so I'm going to create a world in my image by the power of Grayskull. Oh, oh my the god! Power. <laughs> well, going off on another tangent, we were, uh, we, uh, you took me to a comic place that had manga. Yep. Then Barnes and Noble, which also has manga. Surprise! And we went to a used video game store, which had video games, in which. Th the old Thundercats cartoon was on in the back, and I'm looking at the games, and all I hear is the worst voice acting you can well, imagine. I don't know. <laughs> well, I think it was Panthera's voice where it so he sounded borderline retarded. <laughs> Lionel, did you do it? <laughs> did you do it? It's like, no way does he sound like that. I don't remember that. <laughs> you were way happier in the 90s when you watched it. 
this was better when I was five. <laughs> this was way better when I was a child. Tori, has there been any uh, TV shows or cartoons or anything you've, like, just kind of stumbled across, such as Thundercats, and realized that, good God, this is bad? Yeah, clean up. No. Well, I mean, uh, like clearly. I said, I had that, I, I had kind of had that with, like, Pokemon, but then again, I was also never the biggest fan of Pokemon, so it's like, I rewatched Pokemon the first season, and I was like, God, this is bad. <laughs> Great googly moogly. <laughs> what isn't bad is this coffee Senpai made for me. Yeah. It has espresso in it. He noticed me. Well, you are on my couch. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, fucking bum. Senpai's noticed me every morning. <laughs> yeah, I woke you up this morning. You were fucking oh. dead. <laughs> I was about to say, I didn't have to wake you up today. <laughs> yeah, well, stress levels have been high this summer. I fall. He falls asleep at like 1, I fall asleep at like 4, I wake up at 8. Yeah, and I we know, just wait till 11.30 to eat, because fuck it. <laughs> He's Sunday. passed Who out cares? dead on my couch. <laughs> oh, man. Has anybody been, uh, you know, watching... Oh, I should probably go over the manga I got. Yeah, you might You, you were to. almost borderline just putting things in my arms and say bye. And I went, oh, you know what? Sure, sure. <laughs> Actually, I did just put things in your arms and you... <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, you put... No, the one that stuck out the most was you just pulled two volumes of Kakaguri off the shelf <laughs> and you went, here. Okay. <laughs> I guess I'm buying this now. Or <laughs> sure was it? You've only found one volume of Blame. I found all five on one shelf. Well, no, I've only seen, in Toronto, I've only ever seen volume three of Blame. Ever. Weird. Only volume three. That's a, that's a good volume. I don't know why it's not. Well, because everyone always buys the most recent, yep. or they buy the start. Mm -hmm. So three's right in the middle, so it's always there. Yeah, but you can't get most current if you don't buy the stuff in the middle. But the people that have already sold out four and five... Don't need three anymore. Yeah, but the people who want one and two are going to need three. Well, then three will be sold out soon enough. And then all in due yeah. time. Yeah. So I saw one through five. I got volume one of Blame. Uh, I took another... I'm taking another shot at Kurosagi Corp Service. Got another Omnibus three volumes. <laughs> I fucking hate Omnibuses. I really do. I don't But mind... they're so cheap, though. Yeah. I mean, $15 for three volumes as opposed yeah. to for one, so... They're, they save so much money, but God... The binding is always awful. Yeah. yeah. You, uh... We were talking about Bakamonogatari and how they had the volume. You're like, well, Kizu's on the other side. Oh, god damn it! Alright, <laughs> give me that, too. <laughs> Kizu's, like, right there. I totally saw it. You can pick it up. <laughs> um, I was looking for the Copelion manga, but they didn't have that. I guess it's just a little too it's old so at this point. But it did just... Oh, I'm not sure if it's even out of print or not. But it did just end last year. Oh. Yeah, but I don't think it's super popular. COP. No shit. Uh, yeah, Tori and I had a quite a quite a conversation. I was in VC while while driving down here. I'm not sure. And, uh, if you... We were talking about Copelion for a little bit. It looks so much fun. I've only read chapter one. I'm I'm quite intrigued. Jenny, I'm not sure if you saw it, but I did. I did send you a couple of images about what we were talking about. Oh, it was amazing. And, and of course, that girl who got crushed, and she's like, Why can't I die? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. It, it, yeah, it is on the Crunchyroll manga app, and that's how I'm going to read it. But I definitely uh, prefer... Like, I don't mind digital versions, especially since Crunchyroll manga does a good job. Yeah. Uh, so, but if I like Capellian enough, I'd like to... I'd like to see it uh, in physical form on a shelf that I'm clear, clearly building up to. 
JD, you also checked yeah, out the pressure English roll. Physical was never in print. Oh, it's only available digitally. Oh, bummer yeah. town. Well, yeah. I mean, JD, you also checked out like uh, well, well, the other thing we were talking about. You also checked out like uh, what's it called? Osama game, Keegan, uh, or Osama game, or King's uh, game, King's the origin. Game, yes. King's game, yeah, King's origin. game, the origin. It's uh, which I also informed you that uh, there's a there's an anime of the original King's game coming out next season. That's gonna be interesting. Yeah. One I'll thing be definitely I'm, watching that now. The one thing I'm scared of, though, after looking at that PV, it looks like it's getting censored, which is annoying because people dying horrible deaths is kind of the point of that series. So, you know, <laughs> if that is censored, that is going to put a bit of a damper on that. Yeah, I sure hope not. It looks like it is that because would, every, be, every time... That be quite the bummer. Every, in the PV, every time somebody they show somebody die, it's like they like really like black it out. So it's like, ugh. I'm pretty sure they're gonna they're gonna censor it. Unless there's gonna yeah, be an uncensored version. Uh, I've noticed recently that I tend to not enjoy things that I've already read if I see it in the anime because I know what it's supposed to be. Hey, hold yeah. on, we gotta take a uh, selfie moment. Podcasting. Hey, how you doing, guys? Hey. What the fuck are think, you guys think? doing? Hey. Taking a dumbass picture to post on the Discord, I guess. It's also going on Twitter. All right, well, fucking better go on Twitter. Anyway. Yeah, While so we're podcasting, like, guys. Yeah, no, he's gonna get a fucking pizza next time too. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get that video of you right, slapping him now? <laughs> selfie moment. So I, anyway, back on topic. I'll just reel the shit right back in, I guess. You do so, that. <laughs> uh, I feel like every time I read something, I'm less likely to enjoy the anime because I know what's gonna happen. A, which is already a huge down, and. B, I feel like most things I read are already intended to be manga. They weren't really intended to be anime. So it kind of, like most of the series lend themselves better to panel on a page for me. Sure. Now, something about adaptations just don't sit right a lot of the time. Well, it's funny you bring that up. Should we move on to our questions? Because that kind of goes into the, some of those. Uh, yeah, nah, let's skip not? the questions. Let's skip the questions this time. We don't yeah, that'll show them. S- skip the questions from our biggest <laughs> fans? Yep. Our biggest fans, who I just hunt down until they ask us questions every time. Yep. Speaking of fans, actually, did you know there are no. two countries that we're building quite a fan base in? America? Uh, well, I mean... No. <laughs> America. Uh, it's the Ukraine yeah. and Spain. Yeah. <laughs> we have at least a couple dedicated fans in Spain. Yep. Yes. At least, because every episode is downloaded. Every single one. Yeah. And they listen to it fully, as far as I can tell. So you guys, come join our Discord. Say hi. They need to. We don't speak Spanish. It's one of the few languages we don't speak. Maybe Hickey can pick up on some words. I, I mean, don't know. yeah, he speaks Portuguese, and I don't know. But, I mean, if you're listening to an English podcast, I have to assume you speak English. We don't exactly go off on tangents in Spanish or Portuguese or Ukrainian, for that matter. <laughs> uh, you know what it was? It had to be the last episode where i put in different languages of what uh cynicism means and translates so clearly that's that's what did it yeah, uh, yeah. Sure. are you sure it's not the fucking pizza well the pizza <laughs> moment is legendary and the selfie moment's also going to become legendary yeah because yeah, they're yeah, really going to see that on the podcast aren't i this video oh. podcast that we're making right now <laughs> we should make a video podcast we if this discord thing podcast. works out well we'll see yep wouldn't be terrible put it up on twitch or something what are you doing? Uh, nothing. Talking to you. He's hashtag dicking red. around on his phone for some reason. So yeah, let's actually roll right into these questions. Leave yeah. 
Retro Do you have cast. them up, or you want me to read them for you? Okay, you All read right. them. Great talk. Awesome. So, First question comes from Ayu. It says, uh, what is your favorite completed manga? And explain what makes it great. Name a manga that is completed that you would really like to be adapted into an anime. What studio and or director you would give it to if you could choose and why. Name an ongoing manga you think deserves more attention than it is getting now. Uh, so that's a lot of questions, but... Um, so just tackle one, one at a time. I think Tori could field yeah. it. Uh, I mean, I can start. Do we? Do I just do all three in one go, or do I just do it? Uh, do ooh, that sounds fun. Do that. Yeah. Okay. Lightning well, round. favorite favorite completed manga. That would be. Uh, that would obviously be Aria, and anybody that knows me would know why. Why I'm a sucker for uh, for coming of age narratives, and uh, I just love that entire world. Uh, yeah, the manga is basically just like the anime, and I really like the anime it's like the manga is just the anime <laughs> or the anime is just the manga so um you know i would of course enjoy that again uh name a manga that i would really like to see adapted into an anime and uh what studio and or director would i like to give it to this one is going to be very boring because uh i don't read a whole lot of manga and uh i don't really care to be quite honest i don't really have a burning desire i mean 20th century boy maybe i would like to see uh, not sure who I would want to want to do it though, and quite frankly, well, since it's I don't Kurosawa, need to see it. How about yeah, how would I answer it for you then? And quite frankly, I don't. I'm just let me finish. Quite frankly, I don't want to, or I don't need to see it as an anime. And to answer the last question, which was name an ongoing manga you think deserves more attention, uh, none. <laughs> no, you can what go, an JD. Awesome answer. I hate yep. your answers, Tori. Good. Then you do better. I hate them. I will do better after Joe. Okay, so uh, <laughs> my favorite completed manga is if I'm going to cheat, JoJo's Part 7, because Part Seven's done. But uh, if you want me to actually answer and not be a prick about it, it's going to be Goodnight Poon Poon. What makes it great? Well, it's it's a really dark narrative, but it has good humor. It's really down to earth. It's really like personable. And uh, apparently I like sadness for some reason. I don't know why, but I guess I do. It's because you're a sad person. Uh, you're, yeah, you're a what, sad what, uh, panda. What gave me away? I'm not a sad panda. panda. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm a city carrier. <laughs> you looked pretty like you. You looked a lot like a sad panda when I took that amazing selfie. That was about five minutes ago. That looks more like a what the fuck are you doing face. But I mean, if you want to see that, just hop on his Twitter. I'm sure by the time you watch this, it'll oh, be it's, it's posted. 19 things deep. It's posted. Yeah, this is not going up tomorrow. Maybe. <laughs> no, I'll be driving at least 10 hours tomorrow unless the people say I'm not allowed to move in there. Oh, there yeah. it is. Oh, you guys uh, look so cute together. I know, right? Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait until you move in together. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, anyways. Any manga that's completed that you'd really like to be adapted? Uh. God. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it wouldn't have been great if we would have got this agenda yesterday so we could have prepared for these questions. No, Joe? pretty much sure would have to be. <laughs> Hentai? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would. So what's the problem? Nothing, actually. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to stick to my guns. Good night, Poon Poon, I guess. All right. Give it to Madhouse. Okay. Let them take care of it. Or Shaft, I guess. So they tackled Sadness now. Uh-huh. Now we can do Sadness, and they're the only art house studio that'll tackle that shitty drawn bird properly. 
I can see them doing something incredibly stylistically stylistic with it. Well, oh, the biggest, dude. The biggest problem is, I mean, Poon Poon's emotions are totally based on, or his his character art is based on how he feels. Mm-hmm. So he changes what he looks like throughout the series based on what he's feeling. I see. Uh, you'd have to somehow portray that in an anime form. Hey, someone liked that sense. selfie I just posted. Whoop the fucking do in the middle of a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get that video of you slapping him already, please? <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> Name an ongoing manga that deserves more attention. Berserk. I don't care. It deserves more attention. Yeah, that's a lot of attention already, though. Fuck you, it deserves more. <laughs> Moto. Moto. It deserves an anime adaptation of it, you might say. <laughs> I really wanted to get an anime. <laughs> oh, man, if only it existed. <laughs> People are shaving years off my life every... Uh, Berserk 2018, guys. Let's go. <laughs> Actually kill me, please. <laughs> Is it my turn? Yes. It's yes. Turn. All right. The best answers here they come. So okay, hold let's on, get, hold on. Let me get on time. Twitter real quick. One second. <laughs> it's okay. I'll wait. No, please. After you. Oh, all right. <laughs> so kind. Treat me so well. <laughs> I know. What is your favorite completed manga? I'm going with 20th Century Boys because it's Urasawa. Urasawa is a genius. But have you completed it? He's pure. I have not p- completed it. Exactly. Invalid Wait, that answer. That wasn't the question. It was. Invalid answer, com- JD. No. It just says completed manga. It is a completed manga that I am currently Invalid on. Invalid question, 13. JD. Yeah, Change your answer. That question. Here we go. <laughs> That'll show him. Here you I mean, go. I retweeted I, it for you. Excellent. Oh, you did? Yep, sure did. Oh, oh nice. Hey. All right. Yeah. Retweet by, from the greatest selfie. Look at that. Oh. Retweet. Oh my god, a third one! Oh, it's oh, just and, All right. And a like! <laughs> this is already a nightmare. We're 25 minutes is. in, and this is fucking JD, terrible. answer Fine. the it, question! It, God! Jeez. <laughs> I mean, it, okay, if you want one that I've completed, it'd be Pluto. <sighs> okay. Yeah, and he cut out for me, fine? but okay. <laughs> yeah. I look forward to Explain hearing what that makes was. Pluto great. Well, I mean, it's, a, it's an alternative take on Astro Boy, and making it a lot darker. And it's uh, the world's greatest robot arc, which is actually quite, uh, quite good in Astro Boy form. And when they do it in the, uh, when Urasawa does it alternatively, it's a lot more mature, and that's what makes it so well, so well received. Um, name a manga completed that you would really like see adapted into an anime, and what studio and director? I would really like to see Seven Seeds be adapted. Uh, mostly due to the fact that it's never been uh, legally translated into English, and it's a very good shoujo uh, post-apocalyptic. Of course it is. Anime. What else would it possibly be? <laughs> <laughs> it's very so- shojo. The art is incredibly shojo. So I would bl- I would think that someone like J.C. Staff would uh, would be suited for that, and uh, the director would be that whoever's directing, uh, whoever directed Honey and Clover. Oh, that guy. Because it'd be able to tackle uh, women feelings much better. Women feelings, Women huh? feelings. I think men feel those feelings. Uh, nah. Not in this one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they just kind of go crazy in, in Seven Seeds. I, I, I think that would be uh, the best answer to give. There you go. That'll do it. There you go. Is that all of them? Uh, oh, name an ongoing manga you think deserves more attention than it is giving getting now. Don't say One Piece. Ooh. Don't say One Piece. Don't say One. 
JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, say it. You know you want to. An ongoing manga. Kakegururi? Kakegururi, yes. Yeah? It is currently... Actually, you know what? Kurosagi Corp Service. Yeah, no, that series is criminally underrated, because it's very fun. The yeah. only problem is in America, you get those shitty three-in-ones. No one wants to buy hey. it, because you feel like you're going to break them the entire time. Mm. I don't know what you're talking about. I know that I would love some uh, single-volume Tonko Bonds, or maybe possibly a box set of some kind, and I would buy it. Well, it's funny you bring up, ones. like, crazy sets in one. I finally saw in person that Death Note all-in-one. I know, I handed Things it to you. Things a brick. <laughs> Why? Yeah. Why is that even a thing? We didn't even see one either. It was at every store we went to. Yes. They had at least one of them. <laughs> 2,400 pages of Death Note in a single spine, single ply. That thing is going to fucking get destroyed. <laughs> I have 13 volumes of it out there on my uh, on my bookshelf. And I mean, it takes up a sizable amount of room. That all-in-one maybe the size of two or three volumes, that paper quality has to be garbage. There's no way. And the print incredibly small. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'll go on to the next question, which is by Semibolt. Oh, Semi. Our uh, only proper review. The uh, Yes. If yes. you would like to leave a review, you can go to iTunes and give us any sort of stars, preferably five. Give us any Four, sort of stars. Five. And I would really appreciate if, if uh, more of our Stitcher and Overcast listeners would also leave reviews, if that's even possible on those platforms. They gotta be. Right? Find a way to do it if it is. They isn't. can find out. Find a way to do it. <laughs> like going to iTunes. Possibly. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> Pretty much everyone has it. You don't even need to. You just need to yeah. have an account, and then you can just go make one. Or you can go write a review for us. So yep. our, little, our little friend from the left coast who needs to move to Rhode Island. Yeah, he is on the wrong coast. He is on the wrong coast. Uh, he needs to get out of his shell. He's a turtle. Fucking turtles. He's a turtle. Fucking turtle. He, he, name a villain you think was the most hyped. Uh, strictly from the anime, fandom hype doesn't count. See, I take issue with this question simply because in a lot of shows, or in most shows where you have a final villain, the final villain is usually very fucking hyped up because that is kind of the point. It's the final villain. <laughs> Uh. All capital letters, D-I-O. Yeah. D-O in part three of JoJo's is the most hyped up thing. You don't see him until, yeah. what, episode 40? Little did you uh, know it was Dio this whole time. Uh, oh. Dio da. Yes. Oh. So you think he was overhyped? No, I think he's the no, most hyped overhyped. up. Uh, I'm thinking, oh God, I forget his name. What's his name? Fucking, uh, oh, fucking the villain from Monster. Villain? Strictly from the anime. Oh, Johan? Yeah. I mean, that guy oh, is yeah. fucking hyped up as shit. You never see that guy. He's like, but he is. Ooh. You you only see him in hyped up moments. <laughs> exactly. So you're kind of just in this like, I've never, like I said, I've never in anime been so scared of somebody who's never on screen before. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could say Griffith is probably the most hyped up villain. Yeah, if only there was an anime about, yeah. from, you know, covering Berserk. <laughs> oh, that's true. I mean, you know. It's a really shame. Yeah, no, yeah. it's not really. Well, if 20th Century Boys became an anime, you know, I could totally see Madhouse doing that one and uh, then the friend being super hyped. But this is the anime question. That's true. Yeah. That's true. I would say Death Note, actually. And Code Geass. What, with L? Because they're... Well, no, the, the main character is the villain. And they're... Like, every... 
episode, they're constantly getting more and more hyped up to certain moments, and then it resets and does it all over again. Just because he takes See, a potato chip and eats it too doesn't mean anything, JD. Potato chips are good, Tori. They yeah, are. Don't need to bring, no need to bring that in, bring that up. I mean, come on. No, there is a very big need to bring that up. Yes. Well, spoilers entail, but... Yeah, but yeah. I mean... I don't know, something had to drive the narrative. Just because it was him, he wasn't exactly uh, in the wrong. Gurren Lagann, the Spiral King? Oh, yeah. He was super hyped. Yeah, and paid off totally. And then you see him again. <laughs> he does. Spiral of power! <laughs> Well, again, like you're kind of playing it. You're kind of just playing into what I said, though. When it comes to final villains, they're technically supposed to be very hyped up. They're the final villain. <laughs> well, yeah, they're supposed to end the series. Whether or not they actually do is what's up for debate. Yep. Which I mean, the anti-spiral was fucking hyped as hell. I know a villain who wasn't hyped up. Who? That also happens. The chick from Recreators. Oh, oh right. Yeah. No. Go My on. God, that was there. There was like no hype. I well, felt like I'm, there was nothing. It was I active, mean, negative. Well, how, do you, how do you hype up somebody who's basically just said, like, oh, they can do everything? Well, it's kind of like, well, they're fucked. <laughs> oh, thank God that series is over. <laughs> yes. No, it's an instant classic, JD. God, what's wrong with you? Yeah, and the plot didn't, didn't at all fall apart at the end. No, no, Gee, absolutely not. that shit, through. Yeah, Shall actually, we move you're on wrong. to the next one? You're wrong, Senpai. You know it's actually Kakegurui. That oh, is yeah, the, uh, yeah, worst. no, totally, because it's not Kaiji, yep. because they're totally the same show, you fucking idiot. They're not the same show. Obviously. That's the that's the joke. Thank okay. you. <laughs> joke. Although, I, I must say, uh, Kakaguri is doing a really good job hyping up uh, the student council president. Like, she is psychotic. And everyone's yeah, unlike, scared Yeah, unlike her. everyone else in that show, yes. <laughs> but... <laughs> Even more, like, okay, so every character in that show is uh, psychotic, and then the fact that they're able to hype her up as even more psychotic says something. That's, I mean, that says a lot about the writing I, when you have a character that wants to kill herself for pleasure. Yep. <laughs> well, JD, you also kind of have to remember, you know, we kind of just first saw her. She was kind of like, oh, she's the head of this very, like, you know, all-powerful student council who just dust with people as she sees fit, which is then emphasized with her going to this fucking suicidal check and going, so, hmm, what do I want from you? Well, I've never seen the backside of somebody's eyeball before. If you can present that to me, then it's like, ooh, ooh, <laughs> damn. <laughs> this chick is yeah. weird. <laughs> you personally can give me nothing, but your right eyeball looks good. Like, what? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> nah, not, not even your right eyeball, the backside of it. I need to see the back. I've never seen the backside of an eyeball. I need to see the connector bit, <laughs> the plug and play bit in the back. Oh yep. man! So Joe, why don't you read the next question? And if that's what you want, man, I do. Uh, our boy Semi. It's what I want. Bad. Good. Don't whisper that. Or, no. Read the question. <laughs> this is from our boy Semi again. Uh, I've heard a lot of people say that they didn't like the source but loved the anime. So my question is. Can a good studio save a bad or mass source material when adapting it into anime? Yes. Uh, sure, but I think if a source material is bad, then it shouldn't have had an anime anyway. Well, okay, like, the way I, the way I look at this is, uh, basically, first of all, I, I have to disagree with Sammy. I think I see the opposite way more, but, you know, I sure. I do. 
but like I understand what he means, and it's like kind of what I uh, what I've said always is you, next Fuka. season. Next season we have a uh, we have the second season of Blood Blockade Battle- Battlefront coming out, which I'm not excited about because well, Blood Blockade Battlefront is or Kekai Sensen is not a very good manga by the manga who made Trigun, uh, but. Blubbercade Battlefront is not a very good manga. However, the anime is pretty good. Now, the reason why I'm not excited for a second season is because uh, Rie Matsumoto, who made uh, Blood Blockade Battlefront and changed it to be as good as it was, is no longer involved. So that, you know, doesn't bring bring me much hope. But, well, a, yeah. Uh, <laughs> a good, um, like, kind of descriptor is when you see series like the original Helsing, which... Oh, yeah was basically just the concept of Helsing, and then they did whatever they wanted. And then you have the re-release later of Helsing Ultimate, which was just the manga. Yeah. And the manga did much better. Like, the the manga's roots did much better in anime form. And uh, it's almost like it was because it was properly thought out by someone whose job it is to write, as opposed to someone whose job it is to draw, thinking of it. Mm-hmm. Or someone who just plans things and doesn't really properly set up that exposition. Mm-hmm. But they also uh, went. They also went like a step beyond when it came to like just making you know Helsing Ultimate as well. Just when you look at the production of that thing, and when you look at even you know even people's reactions or just how how like Helsing was psychotic. And well, it's one of the last great. Well, Helsing Ultimate was yeah. But Helsing Ultimate was like psychotic plus. <laughs> that yeah, was it's like almost real. like it was some kind of I don't know vampire story. I know where but that's... your main character shot a gun that fucking ripping people in half. Yep, but that's kind of I feel like the problem with like the original Helsing because it felt like they tried they tried to ground it too much. Like, okay, let's not go too crazy. And the Helsing Ultimate was just like too crazy. There is no such thing as too crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm waiting for Drifters Ultimate because then Same. I'll actually watch it. <sighs> I mean, Drifters was okay. Bring it to me. But hmm. you know, yeah. <laughs> See, I, I I look at this question and I'm gonna take it with. I find sports manga quite boring and uninteresting, but I find the anime adaptations to be much more uh, intense and uh, watchable or consuming. That to, I have a similar experience, out. but basically the opposite, where I hate shonen anime, mm-hmm. but I you like the manga. manga. I like it. And I think it has a lot to do with I can maintain whatever pace I want while reading, okay. but while you're watching an anime, you're locked into their pace. Whatever pace they want to set is what you're locked into. Sure, there there is a distinct advantage to that. Well, uh, and shonen ma shonen um, anime usually tends to try to be an epic or yes. too long, longer than it deserves to be. For instance, the original Fullmetal Alchemist was what forty eight episodes, something like that. Right. And the manga, which I have in there, is twenty seven volumes. That means they were doing two episodes a volume. I mean, like you know, obviously there was some faster, some slower, mm-hmm. but on average, that's what they were doing. That's that's great. That pace is fine. That's a quick pace. I think Soul Eater was very similar, was it not? Yeah, but then you have something like One Piece, where uh-huh. they're releasing one chapter a week per episode. Sure. And that's incredibly <laughs> slow. That's six episodes of volume. It has it has gotten a lot slower. Uh, what One Piece has done, and I don't agree with it, because it was very noticeable in, uh, in the Dressrosa arc. As soon as you hit where the manga is, it just grinds to a halt it the the pace got pretty bad uh there was six to eight minute recaps to start each episode plus a 
uh, a four-minute hyped ending. So you really only were getting about 14 to 16-minute episodes. And then you have the opposite in the case of My Hero Academia, where yeah. now they're taking... They take half a year break in between releasing seasons yeah. for the but manga even... to continue releasing because the manga is weekly released. It doesn't mm-hmm. skip a week. Well, that's what's kind of interesting there as well is because pe- people have pointed this out as well with My Hero Academia because My Hero Academia is also paced very slow in terms yes. of like how, how much of the manga it adapts. I think it also still sticks at about a chapter an episode right around there, something like that, uh, for the most part in at least the first season. I remember people were talking about that. But, I don't know, I find that kind of interesting because I don't remember his name right now off the top of my head. But the director who is, who is directing uh, My Hero Academia, he's, he's you know, like kind of known for this being his style. When he adapts something, he likes to take his time with it and kind of flesh out each chapter in terms of anime. Like, he doesn't just want to take, like, a bunch of chapters and try to make that into an episode. He kind of wants to work with, like, a certain, like, limit of material, whether that be a chapter or two chapters or whatever. And then kind of expand on that into an episode, which I find kind of interesting because at least he knows what he's doing and he's doing it on purpose. Yeah, well, it, it seems like that's properly his style, though, and that's why it works for him. Whereas yeah. in, one, in One Piece, I feel like you can feel that they had to grind it to a halt. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. Because... And that's kind of the same thing when I like when I was watching fairy tale because you can just feel when they enter a filler arc there when they've caught up to the manga because everything just stops and even like when you're coming to the end of like an arc and they're almost catching up to the manga like it just feels like everything is just sitting down and going like nah we can't go any further than this so you're just sitting around waiting for episode upon episode upon episode upon episode until they eventually reach that point where they say you know what we actually can't continue this it's impossible we have run out of filler content we have run out of manga we have to stop and then keep going later uh, what was uh what studio did um one punch man and uh madhouse? well bones but i mean madhouse madhouse <laughs> madhouse has their name on and it and mob psycho is it bones bones mob said psycho mob bones. psycho okay so bones has a has a history then of taking kind of a uh let's 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 face it one punch man and mob psycho's art is very simplistic it's not very good attack on titan is very similar in that aspect well one punch man's art is very different because it was redrawn yeah. by the um, actual artist for uh, Ice Shield 21. Yep. So the, yeah, but the art you, for One Punch Man is crazy. The original art and source wasn't the very orig- good. No, yes. that is so also when a it web was, manga when made it by a guy pick- who's never drawn in his life what? before well, doing yeah. that. So <laughs> it, was picked, it was picked up by people with more talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some, something, every time I see something adapted by Studio Bones, I feel like they did a better job with the source material than, say, another studio could have done. Well, I feel like they uh, they filled their niche and they know exactly what their niche is. Unlike some studios that try to be jacks of all trades, like... Um, Dio Media. Sunrise. <laughs> Sunrise needs to just stick to Mecca because I'm really sick of the idol bullshit. <laughs> yeah. No, of course Bones but not, they make knows a ton of what money, their so niche I mean, is. Of course I Bones knows them. what their fans right. want. Sokka got facts, all of them. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. So, Tori, we have another question. We do, and that is by Mr. Semibolt. Hmm. I have no idea who that is. Yeah, never heard of him. I, Probably was, a turtle. This must be his first question. Uh, <laughs> can good art and anim- or animation save an anime? I've heard people say they didn't like a particular anime, but can keep watching it because it looks pretty. Uh, who hasn't? Uh, can good art or animation save an anime? No. It, no. Uh, 
Like, yeah. it cannot save a story, because you kind of need a good story to have a good story. I mean, you can appreciate an anime for looking good. That was kind of how I started with Mob Psycho. I was like, this show looks fantastic, but God, I hate this show. And then after episode three, I was like, <laughs> the show is freaking amazing and it looks great. Uh, but, right, so... I will say for myself, being kind of a Sakuga fanboy as well, I can give a good-looking show more leeway and I can, like, ignore flaws of story and character for longer. But ultimately, if all you have is a pretty exterior... <coughs> Kiyoani. Uh, and uh, no fans. <laughs> I agree. You know, <laughs> you know if, uh, then you kind of end up with that. Yes, it looks good. And so what? There's a shit ton of shows out there that looks very good bones makes a lot of them and um, well i feel like that kind of like stops the longer you've been watching or the more you've seen you stop you know caring like this show looks really good so i'm gonna keep watching because it it's pretty yeah that seems like something you would do when you don't look for other things when that's the only thing you're looking for unless you're are you that's pretty much anything from kyo animation like you guys said yeah yeah i mean just because clonad looks good doesn't make it all that great right. <laughs> its art does not look good no, I agree. Well, the, its animation's <laughs> fucking amazing, but well, it's, the question yeah. says art or animation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but that is like I mean, like I've said, I understand. Like Kiyoani, they have they have their niche again. They know what their niche is. People will buy anything they do, um, and like I can totally get behind that. I also like I understand why people look up to Kiyoani. It's probably one of the best studios in terms of working conditions, and they produce quality animation. Uh, I'm not talking Polygon. story. I'm talking animation. Like, yeah, but even still, like Kiyoani is seen as the place to work, unless you want to work for. Uh, well, no longer studio. Unless you want to do something creative. Unless <laughs> you want to work under Hayao Miyazaki, which was what I was getting at. Uh, but you know, who do you not respect your own life? <laughs> uh, so yeah, nah. But Kiyoani is the like number one place that people want to work. It is considered the like top studio to work at good conditions and they always produce quality content in terms of animation are their stories good they, that can be that can be no. discussed but it depends i mean they made nietzsche joe nietzsche was fun yeah but it's a comedy There's no they, also story. Made, they also made free they also they did make free and i haven't seen free so fuck that show <laughs> so um one anime that came out in the summer season comes to mind and that's uh katsugeki token rambu Oh, God, it looks no. great. UFO table? That is yeah. UFO table, yeah. Alright. It looks great. But the uh, story's not there. It's very bland. The characters are, are very uh they feel trope ridden for men. And that's something you know that's something that we're we're definitely seeing a rise rise in uh, for more of the Yaoi Yuri kind of uh direction. But just again, just because that show looked good didn't make it inherently interesting or, or good. And I hope that it, actually no you can see this uh at the beginning of seasons mm-hmm. where even princess principal looks pretty good color it's very vi- vibrant colors uh good and good setting environment atmosphere the the backgrounds look all look, look good and then as these two shows went on more and more people started realizing yeah this isn't that all that great <laughs> yeah. I mean, look well- at- Look at Kakiguri. Because their their visual orgasm their visual orgasms have finally passed and yep. realized that 
Oh, maybe I didn't. Maybe I didn't orgasm as good as I thought I did. Well, the well, thing is, like, with how's that when for it comes an analogy? To, <laughs> when it talks, when it comes to talking Rambo, the thing there is, you know, it's kind of important to remember that that is also based on a like web game. Um, it's so it's, it's like it's weird, right? You're trying to make a story for a show or for a game that doesn't really have a story, as far as I'm concerned. Right, the story is very much based in history, which is why also the theme of the show is history, uh, or rather, changing history. Well, I and, mean, uh, fake go work, and that has no story. Yeah, no, I I know. I'm not saying it's not impossible. I'm not saying I'm not saying that talking rumble is good either. Uh, I got bored of it, but the of thing is, like, yeah, no. But the thing is, talking rumble is a show that you know, kind of just. Along with a lot of other shows, especially a lot of like web, web games or mobile games that get made into anime, it's it's a show that tries very hard to basically please the fans of the game. So it's like you basically just get to see the characters that you fell in love with in the game. Now they actually move around and do shit instead of just, you know, being drawings on a screen with text. <laughs> so right. it's kind of, you know, they serve they serve their niche, but like for people that don't know the game they're obviously not going to enjoy like i have no I, I can't even remember how many times people have asked me like or come and said i don't understand is there even a story in talking around but like i don't understand what 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 is happening and i can't blame them because i understand where the confusion comes confusion comes from because well they don't know the game i have never played the game but i've known i've talked to enough people who have played the game that i at least kind of very basically understand why the premise is what it is and why they're doing what they're doing. But to most people who just kind of goes blind into this, they'll look at this and go like, okay, you're foldable. Look at these cool fights. Look at these particle effects. And what the hell is happening? <laughs> and uh, look at these backgrounds. I've seen, I remember them from Fate and anything else you foldable's ever done. Because their goddamn CG background guy, he's still making the same background. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, but he... I think, you know, UFO table is so reliant on the Type Moon universe at this point. That is they're going to run everything. out soon. That is their everything. <laughs> yeah, they're based on the one writer, essentially. Yeah. And they're also not a great writer, but... I'm, I mean, you can also see, they're kind of trying to, you know, they're big, Ufotable's big on, like, the uh, Tail, uh, Tales games as well. They produce animation for the Tales games. So, yeah, uh, if only the Tales games off. had interesting stories. So, so yeah, but they're, <laughs> they're trying to, that's kind of, they're trying to kind of merge that with their anime studio as well. That's why they're really trying to pump out like the Tales uh, anime as well. So I can I can definitely see that once Fate goes away, Tales is going to be like their next quote-unquote cash cow. Is it going to be as big as Fate? Probably not. No. But nah. I mean, I, in Japan I can still maybe, see, but no. Yeah, but I can, I can still see... Probably not. I can still see that like them and their like, Tales of Adaptation still doing pretty well for them. But yeah, no, it's not gonna be like it's not gonna be fate. Joe, look up um, uh, Tales of Zestiria anime success. I'm very curious to see how successful that that was. In Japan, it was very successful. <laughs> they had giant events outside of the Ufotable store or Ufotable Oh, that's Forbes. Office. Don't go there. <laughs> uh. Yeah, we'll go with Kotaku. Why not? Yeah, they're great. Yeah, except for when they blatantly lie, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> they're great. Uh, so it's kind of saying that it didn't really... It, I mean, it was received well enough, but not as much as they'd want in Japan. 
That doesn't so, sound correct. To, that doesn't sound correct to me. If you just saw the giant well, it, it, fucking it, tales of festivals they had there during the watch, uh, watch it at, they fucking rented an entire city just to just to have that thing. Yeah, I, I don't think. No, but it it looks like it. It was it was expected to be bigger. Well, because I, I know there's a lot yes. of tales fans out there. But, I mean, that's kind of, you know, we have a movie that came out now, a fireworks movie that Shaft did, which I'm interested in watching because it looks good. Uh, right. But uh, I don't think it's actually going to be that good. That was expected to be the next uh, Your Name in terms of financial success. And surprise, it is not. Uh, right? Mm. It still did okay, as far as I understand, in Japan. Like, people went to see it because they were interested, but nowhere like it's no your name so in that sense it's is it a failure yes does that necessarily mean that it's you know is it bad no but when you expect something from something or like when when you expect a lot from something you do end up disappointed and you might even end up making losses that depends on how much they put into it but i don't know and in terms of uh euphorable like when it comes to them saying something is not a success in terms of what they wanted from it I can understand, but I don't actually know like how much they put into it because you know we will never know because the right. exact numbers and that's kind of what I want to get to here because and that goes to when you say it's not as successful as they wanted to. That is also technically just speculations because the the numbers, the actual numbers, the hard numbers of sales and income and how much was spent on it and everything like that. Uh, like how much the studio paid to make it, how much investors put put into this, and whatever, that is never oh, yeah, made I... public. So it's like it's all just kind of based on hearsay and people saying, "Oh, I think this," and I have a contact that says this, and blah 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 blah. Well, Although, no shit, that's like asking me what my <laughs> bank account has in it. Of course, yeah. they're not going to publish it if they don't have to. Right. Yep. But the the tales the tales games themselves don't cost a whole a whole hell of a lot. I can't imagine. <laughs> the anime and the anime uh the animators that they pay are top of the line kind of people quote unquote pay <laughs> yeah the ones that <laughs> i mean they get they get <laughs> they get something <laughs> well it's ufo table they probably just reused assets from the games yeah exactly uh so i can't imagine it costs it costs a whole hell of a lot more essentially uh, using like 3d to rotoscope quote unquote because you're just tracing over things that already exist in the game and then making them anime so they don't they don't have to pay like proper designers and stuff to do all that again. They've already done the work, or oh, yeah. the, they already the game studio the did the work. work already. Yeah. Yep. So you save money there, but it seems to me like a uh, people's biggest issue. I'm just reading reviews right now of this. Is uh, people say the story's not great, and I mean, well, that's tales. That's all tales games. Yeah, but it's a JRPG, and that's kind of like the entire point of any of them. Uh, yeah. well. Back in the nine, back, okay. So back in the nineties, you have things like Sweet Coden, the Final Fantasy series, uh, Dragon Warrior slash Quest, Lunar. Mm-hmm. They they all kind of had that same uh, fantasy element to it. Tales is no exception. Where Tales starts to differ is uh, where Final Fantasy. Let's let's stay on Final Fantasy. Each individual game has an individual story. So does Tales. Mm-hmm. However, Final Fantasy. Uh, does something where they'll change the environment, they'll change characters, they'll change uh, what they're going... At the beginning, it was four lo- warriors of light going for a crystal. 
Mm-hmm. And when they got to, I believe, seven, that's when they started diverging from that path. And the games got more interesting. Yeah. Uh, it, it brought in new a new fan base. It, it brought in new. It, it brought in a fresh take. Tales is always the same kind of medieval type magic environment. Uh, you go into a dungeon, and it's always like an old style. Uh, 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 what's the word? Uh, old old bu- an old building from a lost kingdom or something. Uh, and characters meet. They're all tropes, all of them, every time. Mm-hmm. And it's just go get the thing in that old building, come back, go get the thing in the other building. Big bad sorcerer wants to do big bad things. Mm-hmm. That's every Tales game. Yep. Um, and what's happening since the PS2 era is the Tales games just keep getting more and more minimalistic in what they do. The greatest example is with the Zestiria and Basaria fra- franchises that they're making. Zestiria was the same old thing over again. The Basaria, they're just like, well, let's make them female now. All the characters. And you can change their clothes and be more skimpy. Clearly, they know what they're going for at this point. Yeah. They don't really care. And that's where the Tales franchise has completely lost me now. Uh, kinda, mm-hmm. It sounded like it started off as a dungeon crawler, like um, Diablo, kind of? Uh, but more open. Like, you know, not strictly like crawling dungeons, but just that gameplay style where you go in... You loot everything you can. You come out. You sell what you need to. Right, and then there's a little there's a little cutscene where they have character interactions. Yeah, and that's it. That's it. It's it's very it's a very it's become a very shallow franchise. It was shallow to begin with. Now it's even more so. See, that's why that's why I don't like series that release a ton of games because Diablo is on what four, three. (sighs) I don't know. Plus a lot of. Uh, expansions expansions i'm fine with expansions expansions make perfect sense because they're 10 15 dollars and expand the life of the game for another year and a half sure not totally against it so and plus i mean then later on when you have a game that's way over the 60 dollar price tag but they know they can't sell it anymore you get the definitive edition which is all the dlc and you wind up with a game that's a thousand hours now yeah for 60 bucks what i what i wish uh just stay on the topic of let's say uh anime adaptations of video games Mm -hmm. i i wish um they would expand they they would expand more they they would come up with an original side story or you don't need to make it the same thing could you imagine an actual anime adaptation of say final fantasy 7 yeah would it Advent Children exists. Advent Advent Children does exist. I like it. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, whether they st- could stay true to the source or just make a completely original story mm-hmm. or branch off from it, I think it's totally possible. Uh, and I'm not saying they should do they should branch off from Final Fantasy VII, uh, but for Tales with such a bare bones story, they could do so much more. They could pretty much just come up with their own thing. All they would need to do, they wouldn't even need to follow the main cast. At all. Place, it could be a village. Place it in the same universe and have someone else trying to do something similar. They don't have... They can fail at the end. Failing's possible. It's totally... You could totally end it mm-hmm. that way. And you no. just... And then, you know, the last episode, he walks into the final dungeon or whatever, and you just see the cast of the game walking out. It doesn't need to be anything fucking great. Oh, that would be that would be cool. Because they lost. They failed. They won. That would be the cool. The people you played did it. Yeah, and if you want to see him win, you play the game. Yep. That see, that's original thinking. Yeah. And in terms of 
tales and video game adaptations or anime adaptations of video games. They don't really do that. Especially because, I mean, most video game adaptations, I feel, are always better suited to be movies or movie trilogies. I don't think OVAs and TV series are the proper form. Games are long. You want time to expand. You, yeah. don't, you don't want to break every week to see it. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I wouldn't mind watching an hour OVA and then waiting, you know, whatever, two months and then watching another one. A good example of, of that would be the, uh, the Xenosaga franchise mm-hmm. on the PS2, where they're like 45-minute cutscenes. You're yeah. watching essentially an OVA, and then you play part of the game, then you watch another 45-minute thing. It's, it's definitely a different experience. If you can get your so hands on a game like that, it's... Uh, well, Metal Gear Solid 4, for sure. Yeah, well, it's a cinematic, yeah, essentially. It's a cinematic experience. Or uh, Guilty Gear, Revelator 2. You can actually just watch the uh, the story without doing any of the fights. Yes. You can straight up watch it as an anime. Oh. Yeah, you don't need to play the story at all. No. All right. I think we've uh, we hit the hour. I think it's time for our main discussion. Yeah. As, as I write this down, 60 minutes... All right. Binge versus weekly watching. <laughs> I'm a binge watcher. Heavy. Um, yeah, I can tell. Okay. Okay. So, Eddie. in the 90s. Oh, no. Story whether time. it was Toonami or something. Yeah, it's it's story time. <laughs> Wait, Grandpa. In the 90s, whether, whether it was uh, on Toonami or Sci-Fi Channel or uh, WB, whatever station it was, uh, you were either going to watch this at four o'clock after school every day repeated episodes whatever it may be or you even go into something like hollywood video blockbuster some rental video store and you would watch what was available now with the internet and sites and uh crunchy things like crunchyroll uh funimation anime strike you can now watch entire series on a backlog as opposed to watching something seasonal. Uh, a lot of fans, let's take uh, some fans in our community, whether it's, uh, let's say, Crash, for example. He watches seasonal anime, and I've had this discussion, or, or, or a small one. Because mm-hmm. uh, I don't like, everybody has this backlog. He has a backlog. In fact, I have a backlog. he's actually going back now and writing little reviews on our Mal group page. Haha, <laughs> see what I did there? I do. Because he's not getting into the seasonal anime anymore. When he was in the seasonal anime, <coughs> nothing on the backlog was getting fixed. All this old anime that uh, could be watched uh, wasn't getting done. Oh, because you're busy. Because you're busy. watching what's new, and you just get caught up in it. You don't want to sit there and watch nine hours like Hickey did the other week. Right. That's... That destroyed him. Oh, yeah. He's <laughs> he's sick. Well, that's kind of why he's not on the podcast right now. He's like, I got, I got studies to do. I got lawyer stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so... Fans back when, say, you and I were, we were sub- subjected only to what was available on TV and stores. Mm-hmm. So it's whatever we could get our hands on or just accept what was available. Uh, modern fans now, I feel, binge watch more. Yeah, well, I mean, once Netflix came to be, binge watching became the norm for everything. Exactly. Not just anime. TV shows. Game, Game of Thrones being done in uh, Battlestar Galactica was out for 15 years you watch the whole thing in two days (laughs) that just became the norm now uh i've always been into binge watching anyway like whenever i could get a full dvd or vhs or Mm -hmm. something i'd watch the whole thing oh sure 
because I feel like most series, and I'm totally wrong here, but this is just how I feel about it. Um, I feel like most series were meant to be watched without stopping, so you don't forget shit. Or at least important stuff. Well, yeah, but I mean, I'm dumb, you see. <laughs> so I'll randomly forget shit. And I'll go back and people are like, what do you mean? This happened. Hmm. I don't remember that. You don't that. fucking say. And I'll go back and rewatch it. <laughs> yeah, sure as shit, it happened and I missed it. And you know why I missed it? Because I waited fucking two weeks to watch the next episode. Right. That was your problem. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why I watched <laughs> NGE in one sitting. Yeah, oh, man. I am, like, when I when it comes to me watching anime, like, I do it both. I started binging... Uh, then I got into seasonal anime, so I started watching weekly, and now I kind of do both. And I feel like, for me, it's weird to do to not do both. Um, I need something to binge, always, but I also need something to watch week to week because I enjoy watching stuff as it comes out, and on a week to week basis. Because I don't know, it feels like I'm not. Pr- it feels like I'm not pressed for time. Unlike when I actually watched Dead Like Hickey and I watched everything that came out in the series because that is when you're pressed for time. Because even if you're only watching it week by week, there's so much releasing that God killed me. Uh, and even then, when I was watching everything, there is no, they, they didn't release as much in the season as they do now. So I feel sorry for Hickey, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, but yeah, no, for me, I need, I need both. I need something to binge and I need something to, to watch weekly. Binging, I enjoy because it's just... It's nice to have something that you can just sit down and, you know, you can just sit down and watch like five episodes in a go and you're like, yes, good. Or if you're crazy and you decide to watch it all in a go and you can do that too. It's nice, right? You just, you sat there, you wasted a day, you completed a series. Hey, (laughs) you didn't have anything else to do either that day. Like, it's fun. Well, I also feel like, um, I also feel like one of the bigger problems, I don't know if it is for you guys, but for me, I feel like I'm not part of the current seasonal anime fandom mm-hmm. nothing that uh, releases seasonally usually i give a shit about i just don't care joe yeah it depends made the bis made the bis yeah. come out it depends on okay. what it is though right so because i feel that sometimes <laughs> i'm but struggling is good and berserk didn't actually come out okay it's i know a figment of our imagination but uh yeah but Not i'm struggling right <laughs> i'm struggling right because next season uh there's going to be a show releasing called, uh, what is it, Black Clover, which has yes. basically everybody talking because, you know, you have the app that is like, oh, this is the Naruto ripoff and it's going to be terrible. Hey, hey, but hey. I need to check it's it out. It's the Boruto's dad ripoff. Okay, yeah, Boruto's dad ripoff. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> and just ripoff what was popular before them. Don't let anyone oh, yeah. tell you otherwise. Yep. And, then it's, yeah. and then you have yeah, the other, uh, then you have the other. Well, the manga, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, manga then, started in the 80s did it not jesus can you guys stop uh fish <laughs> of the north star directly actually influenced uh jonathan then Joestar. you have the other side of the of the people who was like sitting there going like, oh this is good this is the next big show coming out this is the next myra damn it this is the long-running show and this is like this is the show and it's kind of i'm struggling because like half of me kind of wants to go wants to you know i should at least give it a chance just to be part of this conversation and then you have the irrational side of me who is going, well, you hate Shonen. What makes you think that this is going to be any different? Uh, you already have your exception, and that is My Hero Academia. That's ending. Do you really think that Black Clover is going to be be just like My Hero Academia? And I go, no, not really. <laughs> right? So it's like, I'm. it's hard sometimes because I like being part of the conversation, but it's also kind of, and a lot of the time I feel like I am in this in some way. 
but it's kind of trying to find that show for me that I can be a part of the conversation, like Made in Abyss this season or Kakigurui, because I mean, talking about Kakigurui is easy. Just, you know, make weird <laughs> faces and scream as loud as you can while pleasuring yourself. <laughs> be my normal self, got it. <laughs> yep. Wait, do you do that and pleasure yourself at the same time? God, yeah, you weirdo. Yeah, you want voice chat. <laughs> you weirdo. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh. <laughs> so clearly the more into a show you are, the more you're inclined to binge watch it. Basically. But I think just depends. in general I'm more inclined to binge watch it if it's available to me. Uh, it, it's definitely a new mindset. But, okay, how about this? When uh, when I was young, I would uh, videotape, record what was on TV. Mm-hmm. And then I would later be able to pop that VHS in and watch 10, 12 episodes in a row. Yeah. Of course, across yeah, like grandpa. two or three tapes. But Clearly. <laughs> I mean, there were, what, two or three a tape, maybe? Uh, and that's if you could get rid of the I think it was about six. I think it was about six when it was all said and done per tape. That's hardcore. Those yeah. big ass tapes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were. I think two hours was about to go, so you might be able to get four out of them. I think I have. Yeah, there's a box somewhere in uh, my mom's attic back down in uh, Houston, totally not flooded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, where there's you know all fifty episodes of Gundam Wing, hundred and fifty of Dragon Ball, probably all of Dragon Ball Z up until the Cell arc. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, basically anything that was on Toonami uh, and sci-fi. Yeah. Uh, so I would I would definitely binge watch those shows, especially if and this was very common back then. You would they would show they would have let's take Dragon Ball Z as a great example. They would have twenty five fifty episodes over the year. Then they would instead of continuing, it would restart, replay those fifty again, and then have a new fifty. So you're waiting a year for the new episodes to come out. And you're just suffering through reruns. What I would usually do in those times is, um, Toonami was good for this and Adult Swim picked up later. What they used to do is they would release weekly, just normally, Mm. or daily, or however they did it. And then when they finally finished either that arc, they would just do the entire thing in one day. They would binge the whole thing. They, they, yeah, they, they did end up doing that eventually. And I, I'm thinking that's what Toonami, because Toonami's back now. Mm -hmm. They got... Pretty much a shonen lineup, yeah, and that seems to be what they're what they're doing. Well, now it makes perfect sense. Back in the nineties and the early two thousands, it was like, okay, do you want to watch The Simpsons for three and a half hours? No. People <laughs> say no. People now, yeah, yeah, uh, of course I do. That's exactly the way to watch it. <laughs> and it's uh, that same mentality is kind of moving forward. So that's kind of where we sit. Now it's totally totally common to binge watch things, and it's also totally common to sit in on a season and watch it one day at a time as they come up. Have you have you found yourself, Tori, you kind of mentioned this earlier, uh, or hinted at it. I uh, didn't go into quite particular details of... Are there yeah, any okay. shows that you have... Let's take in the last year, okay? Mm-hmm. That you have really liked uh, from a season seasonal anime, but you go, you know what? I'm going to wait till the whole season finishes and then watch it. No. Or there's a series that you go, I'd prefer to watch this on a weekly basis. There's one this season. Uh, okay. Like I said. Yuri. I'm waiting until it all comes out. Oh. You're lame. Uh, and, well, what, that what, Netflix me? has a better player than fucking Kiss Anime. What's, well, the, uh, what's the reason for it? Load. Because I feel like I should watch the whole thing in one go. It's It seems like a spastic kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be 
it would be better suited to be watched in a, in a movie format as opposed to one week and then wait and then one week and then wait for the shitty quality rip that's just <laughs> See, full of fucking spelling errors and then wait and then wait a week and then have that shitty 480p quality with spelling errors and fucking mistranslations everywhere. I would rather just wait for Netflix to do it. See, here's where I disagree with Watch you. Watch that shit in beautiful 4K. Here's where I disagree with you because it's like, I I understand why you would think that, but for me, I think, for me, watching Kakagurui weekly or not weekly, binge watching it all in one go, would be kind of like feels to me like it would kind of had have the same effect as it had on um, when I was watching uh, what's it called? Uh, oh my god, I can't even remember. You know, oh my god, the student council president, the the dick joke one. God damn it. Seto Kaya Yes, Seto Kaya when I was watching that. Because I binged Good accent, that. by the way. Thank you. I binged <laughs> that. I binge watched that show so hard. I lived, like, that show was hilarious to me. So I just kept going from episode to episode to episode to episode, and it had two seasons out. And I basically finished them all within three days, I think. Three, four days. And um, the sad part was, it was hilarious at first. And by day four, when I finished it, or three or four... I was very tired of it. And the reason is because ultimately it all comes down to them not repeating the same joke, but having the exact same formula of joke every mm. time. It basically all ends up the same way anyways. And I feel Kakagurui, if I were to point out flaws, that is the flaw Kakagurui have as well. It all ultimately ends up in the same way. And it kind of, like, it's extremely formulaic in this presentation. I feel like watching that too fast... T- will, will tire you of it more you know there's nothing like, wrong with stopping right like that's totally no i'm i'm aware but i'm just that is why i'm saying for me that is why i disagree with the whole binge watching mentality right i don't watch disagree you're tired with binge of it, watching. You stop and then you do yes. it again later <sighs> yeah but like, even still my point is i need that week break if i'm supposed to be able to handle that because for me to just say I stop and I don't watch it for a day or whatever, that is not enough. I'm still tired of that. I could be tired of that for months. And I don't <laughs> want to end up like Sammy, who watches three episodes or something, and then decides to watch something else because he got bored. And then five months later, he remembers, oh, shit. Or some five months later, I have to, so what happened to that show you were watching? And he goes, uh, right. Oops, I forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> that show. Uh, or like he does with Cowboy Bebop, where he's trying to watch it like five, six times now, and he always ends up going, "Nah, I don't like it." Only then, a couple months later, go, "I, you know, I really want to try watching it again." It's like, "God damn it, Sammy! Either finish it or don't." <laughs> There's um, so in a case of uh, for me, One Piece and Detective Conan, uh, and most shonen anime I find are much easier to. Uh, intake and watch in a binge-watching format. Especially when it comes to things being broken up into large arcs. So what I've what I've ended up uh, being or done is I wait like a year for episodes to come out. And it's, you know, anywhere from 25 to 50 episodes depending on fillers, uh, as in the case in Detective Conan with anime originals for tv so instead of waiting week to week for shows like that wait a year have a big chunk come out then watch them all 
that to me is more palatable to intake two of my favorite shows. At least now. There was, uh, I tried doing One Piece on a week to week basis, and it just doesn't work for that show. No. Because then you feel like nothing happened. Because nothing happened. <laughs> well, it, yeah. Well, no, things happen in the show, but uh, sure. because it's, it's, because of the way it's presented, you, if you watch an hour of One Piece, you feel like so much happened. If you watch 14 minutes of One Piece, you go, oh no, all, all I realize is they threw a couple punches, had some exposition, that's when you'd say nothing happened. It's, it's a much different feeling. Uh, another example would be when Attack on Titan was coming out. Uh, I waited for that to finish. My brother said, this is great. He was watching it week to week. Mm-hmm. Well, when, he's the Shonen master, isn't he? Uh, well, my little brother, yeah, he, he does watch basically just Shonen. That's all he watched. He did watch Parasite, and he, he was the one that recommended that to me. Parasite is Shonen. Uh, well, yeah. it's a type, but <laughs> it's not, you know, just f- guys fighting, trying to be the strongest uh, superpowers. You know, it's not in that same no, sense of shonen. Just guy, guy fighting, trying to be the strongest superpowers. <laughs> just literally that, yeah, nothing major. <laughs> He's using his superpower to be the strongest. Well, was an alien. He's the mightiest disciple. That, Anyways, that is his superpower. <laughs> when Attack on got Titan got to the point where uh, there was about three episodes where he was trying to move a boulder to block a gate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, when people are watching that week to week, now they make the joke, oh, it took like nine episodes to do it. It was really irritating. The pacing was bad. Yeah, because you sat there for almost a month. That's Yeah, because it was three episodes. Yeah. And it felt a lot longer. When I watched it, and I watched it in one go... It was an hour. I was like, that pacing seemed great. <laughs> that but was if, one hour yeah. long. Who cares? Because that's, to me, Shonen's meant to be binged, as you said, in a movie format. Yeah. It should yeah. just be released as movies, honestly. But, I mean, I know that's not profitable, so they're not going to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, in in that sense, I think it also depends on the genre. In the sense of, say, something along the lines of an episodic show, Space Dandy, Cowboy Bebop, uh... Would be uh, Kakaguri feels kind of uh, episodic to me in a way. Um, Made in Abyss even feels kind of episodic. Watching uh, those kinds of shows week to yeah. week, it doesn't feel like I need to be inclined to just watch the next episode. Yeah, right so you away. You kind of you kind of answered the, the thing I wanted to ask, like the question I wanted to ask, and that was, you know, uh, how do you feel? Like, what do you think is better to binge watch a show with an overarching story or a or like a like episodic anime. I think because... the best the best thing to binge is something with defined arcs. So Shonen is proper binge material because it's like, oh, it's a tournament arc. We're gonna watch the whole thing in one sitting. Oh, it's a training yeah. arc. We're gonna watch the whole thing in one sitting, and that's gonna be it. Oh man, yeah, I remember watching Yu Yu show growing up with my brother, and it took years, <laughs> years yeah. to watch the Dark Tournament. Well, yeah, I'm... and then I'm... by the end of it, it was such a journey. You're just like, oh my god, thank god it's over. <laughs> but <laughs> then me, if you watch it in one go, it was so much better. For me, it was kind of always obvious. Uh, like, what I... Um, uh, for, like, I always kind of thought I wanted, I would rather binge-watch something with, like, overarching stories. Because, obviously, easier to pay attention to the story when you watch multiple episodes in one go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can also kind of feel myself now when I'm doing the quest... And as, uh, particularly, like, a show right now I'm watching, like, Cat's Eye, uh, which is completely episodic. It does have an end goal, but it is 
completely episodic in nature. And I don't know. Mm. I kind of feel like that show it doesn't have a like it doesn't have a whole lot of progression because it doesn't really feel like you're progressing towards anything. Right. But at the same time, I feel like it's more fun to watch because I've tried watching only a single episode a day, and I, now I'm watching it like three episodes a day. Uh, and I feel like I get more enjoyment out of it watching the more episodes in a row I watch than if I watch less. Because if I watch only one episode at a time, I get bored very easy of that show. And I go to the next episode and I'm like, yeah, but what's the point? Nothing's happening. Like, okay, they went out and stole, stole something. Again. Rinse and repeat. <laughs> right? So it's kind of like... Uh... But now I'm now it's kind of changed because now stuff is after, after the... Uh, uh character art upgrade or at least changing of character art uh stuff has kind of started uh happening and they're tackling each episode S- still similar but also kind of different which hopefully i'm hoping that leads to them finally not necessarily give, getting into a you know overarching story but finally hopefully that means they're gonna start you know seeming like they're working towards their final goal and not just oh yes we stole this painting this time it's very cool by the way Toshi's an idiot <laughs> uh, what do you guys feel about uh the genres romance and, and comedy uh even together or separate watching that as weekly and binge watching for me personally comedic anime such as the Gintama, Ranma. I watch those in maybe one or two episode chunks, and then maybe a few days later, go back, watch another episode. That's not very... Even a week later. Those anime, in particular, feel very just more suited to watching on a weekly basis or a more sporadic one. Yeah. For comedy, I watch it until I'm bored of it, and then I stop. And then for romance, I'll keep watching until something aggravates me where i decide to stop really <laughs> i mean for the most part when i start watching romance i watch it until it's done because i want to yeah. know the ending and i don't really care about the downtime yep. hmm. comedy for me is uh i i prefer watching that in slow uh, slower so i really do like watching comedy week to week because it doesn't kill the joke as much for me i feel like there you go jokes, right. jokes so, die in the same me. ballpark as me on that one joke jokes for me die way too easily even jokes i find funny it's like you know, it doesn't even have to be the same jokes. It's just when I feel like when I can, the moment I'm like sitting there and I'm picking, like I'm picking up on the, uh, on the jo- on the formula of the jokes and I'm basically doing the jokes along with the show. And that that's when I'm bored with it. And that's not a great feeling because I don't tend to make a comeback from that. It doesn't, it doesn't become funny to me again after that. The jokes run its course for me. So I need right. to kind of digest it in smaller doses and then kind of just, yeah, keep going like that. When it comes to romance, I also kind of like watching that weekly. It's just... But it, it depends. I mean, I watched Golden Time Weekly when that came out. And uh, after especially episode 16, I'm pretty sure it was 16, something happens. And uh, I remember I I was behind on my anime watching. And I was like, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ch- catch up on all my anime. And it was starting... It, was starting, it wasn't even getting late, but it was at night. And then I decided to watch, start off with my favorite anime from that season. So I decided to start off with Golden Time. This is going to give me the motivation to watch everything. And I watched that episode and the shock happens. And I'm sitting there when the episode's over going, I don't want to watch anything else. I just want the next episode right now. So I ended up (laughs) just kind of sitting there by myself for a little while until 
for like for an hour or something and they're not really watching anything and they're kind of just saying you know what i'm just gonna go to bed i'll i'll watch more anime tomorrow <laughs> uh so yeah it depends like if something happens that i really care about then you know i want more than one episode at a time but ultimately well, nat- naturally it, d- it depends on your personal feelings but yeah like i said uh something Gintama is a very good example, I, I believe, of a show that's more suited for a weekly watch. Even though that's still pretty shonen. <laughs> it's one of the kings. It's just, it, the comedy uh, is over that shonen action feel to it. It's it's not going to be uh, 50 episodes in a row type One Piece situation. You know what comedy I think really suits yourself to binge watching? Okay. Take you. <laughs> a, se- a season's over in 20 minutes anyways i don't, I don't know, think Tori. anybody and nobody wants to watch take you in two minute chunks i'm sorry <laughs> i don't know tori uh my my mental capacity <laughs> couldn't really handle binge watching take you <laughs> but you still did <laughs> well i think the uh i think one of the worst things to binge watch is um the yashi k series so like Mushishi yes. would be terrible to binge. I can't. Com- I can't agree to that because I. No, well, that, that, that would go with the that that whole episodic feel. Well, I was yeah, mentioning earlier, it's a little different than just being episodic. It's episodic, but it's also exclusively nothing happens. It, yeah, excruciatingly it's, slow, slower pace. Well, it's because it takes time to do everything. It has a story, and you're following your traveler the whole time. Mm-hmm. But the series was made to make you calm. Of course, it was made yeah. to, it was made to level you, not not just like Cowboy Bebop, which was made to have no overarching story till the end, but ultimately still packed with action. Right. It's kind of it's like um, it's like comparing sleeping to you know standing in place. If you're sleeping, you're doing nothing. You're just relaxing. You're calm. You're just standing in place. Well, you're just standing, but I mean, you're still putting pressure on your muscles. You're still putting pressure on your ankles, your joints. You're still doing something. As opposed to a series like Mushishi, which is just calm, relaxing. Like, if you start binging it, you're probably going to pass out where you, where you are. Right. Yeah. I can kind of attest to that because when I watch Mushishi, I've only watched the first season. Like I've said, I'm not the biggest fan of Mushishi. Uh, the problem I had with it was because I did binge watch it. I did try watching like five episodes at a time. And it just, it doesn't work out for the show, uh, for the show very well. Like, it's... It's not necessarily that it makes the show, you know, seem bad, but it's just, you're kind of sitting there going like, you know, you've spent two, two and a half hours watching anime and you're kind of like, so what did I actually get from this? <laughs> Nothing really. Right. So it's like, that's that feel like a good, like two and a half, like, yeah, two and a half hours, uh, no, not two and a half hours, one and a half hours, uh, well spent watching anime. Mm, no, not really. <laughs> there's said, like there's a few more genres that come to mind uh with how they separate so i've we, we've gone over say the action adventure uh genre as watching an incredibly amount uh episodes in an incredible amount uh, a high pace you know 20 to 50 episodes at a time uh the comedy more of the weekly uh episodic type uh joe you were different on Tori and I with romance where you're kind of, you kind of want to finish the romance. Yeah. I want to know aspect. what happens. So that's that. That's you want to know what happens, obviously. Um, 
but me and Tori were in the in the boat where romance is at a slower pace comparatively to other types of shows. Uh, it can be the problem being we talked about this a while ago, where I think uh, most romances are portrayed juvenilely. Yes, that was on a past uh, so, podcast episode we did. I don't um I don't think I need them to burn because it's clear that the people who are making the series or whoever wrote it, or at some point in the process, someone doesn't understand why. Mm-hmm. Why it should be slow? Because I get it, it should be slow. Like I understand that you know romance takes time and blah 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 blah. But when you portray it as something that looks like, you know, junior high, fucking kitty shit. Yeah. You're just like, well, I really don't care that you want to develop their relationship. Yes. In big giant quotes because people listen to this and aren't sitting next to me. <laughs> so there you have the, where, where I was going the, with this, uh, if you I don't just, mind, Tori. Can I just, just, can I just shoot in here because this is kind of related to what Joe just okay. said. Then you have the, um, the opposite, uh, the opposite that I where right where it's. You know, you say in romance, they will often like, you know, they often try to slow it down, like build relationship or whatnot. Even if you do feel it juvenile, that's fine. But then you have like the other, in my opinion, when it comes like a slow, and that is uh, my love story, which is kind of, you know, that was to, uh, that was like uh, hyped up as that, like, oh, finally, romance done right, because they get together early on and then it's about their relationship. But I was slow in the other sense, because like they, it, it felt like they didn't really know what to do with it. In the other sense, because they kind of just got together very early on, and then nothing. They did nothing for the rest of the show. At all. They were together. They barely even held hands before the final episode. Right. You're kind of saying it's like, okay, and how is this different from, you know, romance shows that take spend <laughs> the entire run building up to them getting together on the final episode, versus an entire and a show where they get together in, like, the first couple episodes... And I spend that entire time doing nothing until they had to hold hands in the final episode. Well, that's Especially the thing. Same thing. What, what most romance do is, yeah, they just have them do nothing until the final episode. Then he goes, die, ski, and then they get together. Yeah. In Ore Monogatari, it's, I love you, die, ski, let's get together. This is episode one. And then yep. nothing happens after. Yeah, the, uh, the consensus on that is they should have had more, um, anything, more conflict. Just like what what it takes to, to be a part of the relationship. They didn't even, really do it that much, and that it was the issue. It wouldn't even needed to be conflict. It just needed to be something. The consensus just, that season was that it needed more episodes, and I don't understand. <laughs> it just it just needed something. It needed them to talk. It needed them to grow. And I mean, if you ask me, they didn't fucking grow at all. They got together and then maintained status quo from episode two to episode twelve. Right. Well, stay, staying on topic here, uh, where I was heading with this whole romance was. Uh, going into the genre of mystery and suspense or psychological mm -hmm. uh, romance does kind of play into this so bear with me for a second the mystery suspense psychological generally end episodes on cliffhangers yes mm -hmm. up until they finish an arc and from my experience in watching shows uh in these genres they're in three to four episode chunks maybe two mm-hmm in which the previous episode, Detective Conan, is a great example of this, because that's mystery, uh, where they'll have two to three episode chunks in which the previous episode will always end on a cliffhanger to incline, to, to uh, motivate the viewer to, like, I gotta know what happens, I have to watch the next episode. And if it's out already, you want to watch it right away. Yeah. Uh, in that sense, it's what I'm going to dub, for all intents and purposes, is temporary binging. Mm-hmm. 
where you watch the arc of that mystery unfolding, and then you stop, wait for those three to come out again, and you do it over again. And what romance sometimes do, and that's how this plays into it, is they'll have a conflict in the romance. Let's say, for example, the guy uh, in the in Nana at the beginning, she thinks her boyfriend's cheating on him. I want to know too. Is he fucking cheating on you, bitch? <laughs> I'm gonna watch the next two episodes, <laughs> or three, or or you know that that certain arc. But then once that conflict's over, it's a breaking point. It's a break. It's a break point. So that's what I what I'm gonna deem as temporary binging. Well, that's that's actually how I described watching Shonen. Shonen is meant to be binged yeah. through arcs. Those arcs are generally a lot longer, though. But it's the same concept. It is the same concept, but you're not waiting only two weeks for the arc to end. You're waiting anywhere from six months to a year. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. but, I mean, you're you're watching a movie, essentially. If it's four episodes, that's an hour 20 minutes. Sure. It's a movie. If it's five episodes, it's an hour 40 minutes. If it's three episodes, it's an hour. It's well, an OVA. You said you want to see that conflict end. Yes. And to me... Uh, romance doesn't always do that, but they do, uh, while the mystery, suspense, psychological always do that. Well, yeah, it's part of their structure. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, like, there's a lot of mystery series that I watch, and I usually just binge them all. Mostly because I have a lot of free time on my hands, and because I don't have a problem with stopping Mm -hmm. for an hour and going to do something and coming back (laughs) and then fucking playing again. How dare you? It's really not super challenging, I know. You can do other no, things. It is. This isn't like a. No. This isn't something like you sit down and you watch for twelve hours, hickey, and uh. <laughs> me. <laughs> <clears throat> Oof. Mm-hmm. That hurt. All right. Anyway. Must be a Brazilian thing. I don't know. I don't know. So <laughs> like, I don't mind watching an entire series in a day, at all. It's normal for me to do. That doesn't mean I sit on my couch the entire time. I do other oh, stuff. Oh, you got to take a break. Yeah. There's. Go make some food, go out, do some errands, you know, do adult things. Well, even do just teenager uh, things. Even just stand up and let your brain collect the data that you just stared at for two hours. Well, I'll get, uh, here's an example then. Um, the three Gundam movies that we're going to go over later. Mm-hmm. I watched Fuck them up. in singular movie format. One movie a day, maybe the next day or two days later, watch the second one. Same. that was one, it, each movie felt like one arc mm-hmm. coming together. And I stopped in between each movie. I didn't just go one, two, three. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know how Mech plays, but those were anywhere from five to ten, twelve episode uh, arcs. Yeah. Me- Me- Mech is kind of a hybrid of all that. It's in between that suspense and and shonen aspect. It depends because I think once you uh, once you break into the Mecha genre, you tend to have instead of being the Mecha genre and Mecha is all inclusive like shonen. Mm-hmm. It's like breaking Shonen down to Battle Shonen and the rest. Yeah. Mech has robot tiers. Sure. Real robot, super robot, like all the way up. Mm-hmm. Or all the way down from there, I guess, because we're at super robot. So are we, are we at the point in thinking that watching a show weekly to uh, to binging it, um, I think it depends on the genre. And ep- uh. if it's episodic. I think it depends on the genre and if it's episodic or not. Uh, I don't know. For me, it's, like I've said, when it comes to binging or not, I I can do both. I'm not that fussed about... For me, that week break doesn't really matter. I like having it. That is why. Well, but I'm not gonna... If, like, let's put it this way. Let's put it this way. I will not 
watch something on an episode by episode basis like an episode a day or on a weekly basis unless unless it's something that's coming out you know seasonally i will not wait on a seasonal show because i hate waiting on a seasonal show and if i do i'm not going to watch it most likely because then it's out of season and i have other stuff i need to watch anyway so it's one of those things like i enjoy watching stuff seasonally it's just a nice way for me to keep up keep up with everything and uh at the same time, having time to watch, to put it bluntly, the shows that I actually care about. <laughs> uh, so let, let, let me let me throw this binging. let me throw this question out there then. If you're a let's say you're a new anime fan, let's break this in twice. Ba- break this mm-hmm. in two. You're a new anime fan. You're have you have been an anime fan for let's say a couple years now. If you were to give that both those types of fans advice. And how they should watch a show, what would your advice be? Because mine, I've I've said I think it depends on the genre, and that's how it's meant to be watched. Well, watch it until you're bored. There's no reason yeah. you can't stop. Kinda but then you might not what? finish the show. So what? Who cares? You're not you're not chasing a fucking completion number. You watch yep. it for entertainment until you start breaking that and you start looking at it in an academic sense. And see, that is what I think, right? Because I think it's important to kind of know you find your own limit and kind of knowing that because the thing you want you want to avoid essentially is you don't want to watch past that point that you can take if you cannot take watching more than one episode a week don't try to watch five episodes a day right there's no point you're literally doing nothing to yourself other than burning yourself out even if people sit there and say this show was best enjoyed you know binged that might be true for them, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to enjoy binge watching a show if you're like strictly week week to week watching kind of guy. So it's hard. Like I said, I started binge watching and kind of then found seasonal anime and started watching weekly. And now I do both uh, literally daily. So for me, I can do either and it doesn't matter. Uh, there are, of course, like I've explained exceptions where I don't enjoy binge watching them, even though I do. But for me, ultimately, the rule I try to I try to follow is, like I say, I have my soft rule, which is I watch about five episodes of anime a day. The reason why it's a soft rule is if I don't feel like watching five episodes of anime a day, I'm not going to watch five episodes of anime a day because that burns me out. Then I get annoyed. Well, that's, get that's, that's the other thing. You want to avoid getting burned out, especially yeah. over something you enjoy. Yep. Because the moment it starts feeling like this is a chore or a job, like, no, that's, why are you even watching anymore? You're, there's no point. You don't enjoy this. You're, for whatever reason, like, you're, again, like Joe said, like, what are you doing? Are you chasing a completion number? Right? Or a lot of, pe- like, a lot of people one... do these days. Yeah, but I don't I kind of about am. them. If they don't enjoy it, then I'm fucking glad they don't. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's kind of the same thing we've talked about. And I, I know this because I used to be a part of this group. You know, the no-dropping group. Like, no, I have to finish everything. Why? Like, I feel like... And I feel like that's kind of the negative with such as my anime list. Because I feel like that spawns a lot of these, like... No, I need to have... I need to watch everything that comes out in the season. Or I need to not have anything drop. Because dropping is for losers. And uh, you don't give shows a chance. Or blah, blah, blah. And it's like... Well, really, ultimately, what have you gained from not dropping a single show? A higher complete, completed anime number. And a more bitter so view what? on what you watched. <laughs> yep. Well, there, there's um, there's the case of watching Recreators and the Bullied Orphan Girl show. 
this season. Thank mm-hmm. God it's only weekly. I'm yep. watching him to to get an opinion over him. Yeah, but did you enjoy talking about that with everybody? Absolutely. Well, then that was your point to watch the show. That was the point to talk, and and of course to get that oh so good opinion. <laughs> <laughs> but that show, those two shows, if those came out more than once a week, I might have been more inclined to drop it because I would have been watching something I didn't enjoy more frequently. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, but you also <laughs> wouldn't have completed it if you weren't enjoying that discussion or anything like that. You would have just dropped it. Because mm-hmm. while you're going to continue to subject yourself to something you don't oh, like sure. yeah. for a means of something that you also don't enjoy getting. Well, I, I mean, Princess Principle is an example of I know what it was. I'm probably not going to like it. It's not for me. I had a lot of issues with it, and I dropped it right away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you? And plus, nobody was really talking about it other than they they, they overhyped it hard. Well, of course they did. There, of course they did. There isn't any, that's because there isn't anything to talk about. I'm still watching Princess Principle, and I'm like, you know, like, to put it, to put it this way, it's... It, I can almost kind of say it has 91 day syndrome. Right? It's, you know, it's interesting to the final episode. No, <laughs> yeah, I like the final. I don't, episode I don't even 91 think days. 91 episode 91 days was that. It was that. Like to me, it's kind of just spies doing spy things. Am I going to talk about the mission they're on? Right, because <laughs> no, like there's a political conflict going on, and that is now being touched upon again with one episode left, but. That is about it. They've kind of, I think there's been, ultimately, the political undertone and the political conflict that's going on, I think, apart from actually just being mentioned, they've actually, like, worked on that or dealt with that directly in, like, three out of 12 episodes. <laughs> right? It's like, so you're kind of saying this, like, I don't dislike Princess Principle, kind of, because I I do get some sort of enjoyment out of it. I don't, like, it's not, it's not, poorly made per se but i don't find it interesting that is the biggest problem so i'm just kind of sitting there like it's around that five level for me because like i don't hate it i don't think it's bad but i don't think it's good i think it could rise to a six if it has a solid ending but i'm afraid and i think it's just essentially going to end on a five which is basically a show with an idea and doesn't really do very much with that idea. It knows what he wants to do, but it's like, like I said, so that, ultimately, so that'd it, be could something... been, it could have been like three a three-episode OVA, like, essentially, sure. that just wrapped up the entire political aspect of it. Yes. Yeah? Well, I think we've kind of exhausted this at this point. I agree. It feels like. Yeah, I, guess, I suppose. Yeah. So tell us what you think, listeners. Uh, are there any shows you've uh, preferred binge-watching over others? Is there something you prefer watching weekly? Uh, I'd, be, I'd be curious to get some feedback on that, what our, our fan base listens to, how they how they watch anime. Actually, before we move on, I want to know what your video game playstyles are like. Uh, when I was younger, I found that I would play an entire game in a single sitting, or I'd play for hours on end. Uh, now that I'm older, I like only playing in, like let's say, chapter chunks or section chunks, kind of like an arc in a video game that has a story or a certain amount of levels, uh, as opposed to what I used to do. Are you guys uh, seeing anything like that? I know you, uh, you, Joe, and Tori aren't as into video games as I am. That is an understatement. Yeah, I am. Um, <laughs> well, 
I put in 36 or 37 hours, I believe, into Nier Automata. I got every ending, and I um, I did that in, I don't know, two weeks? Okay. Basically, what I do is I play until I'm bored. It's the same thing I do with anime. So each session you would sit down and play a game, you just play until you're bored? Yeah. Okay. Just played until yeah. I wasn't interested anymore, or I got hungry, which so is very, more likely. So it's very similar to your anime yeah, consumption. I, Basically, it just I kept playing until I got hungry, and then I never came back. Okay. Or I, I would I would get hungry, find a save point, stop, <laughs> leave and eat, come back, and I would just never start again until the next day. Yeah. I am terrible with that, like because, like I've said, I mean I'm I still haven't finished it. By the way, I'm playing Persona Five, and I've sunk eighty plus hours into that game. I've spent <laughs> a lot of time on that. That is still not completed because that is a one hundred hour game. And I have kind of reached this point where I enjoy the game and I, I kind of hate myself for this because it's a fun game and I want to end it, but I'm such a terrible video game player that I kind of <laughs> just put it down. Like, I've had trouble finding time to play video games. It ended up me playing like two hours a week, which is nothing. And essentially, I've kind of once again hit this wall where I haven't touched it for like three weeks in a row now. And I'm kind of sitting there, I need to pick it back up and play it and finish the game because it's fun. I still have to beat the boss of the dungeon I'm on right now, which I literally just have to go in and do, but I don't do it. So it's, I'm kind of, like I said, I'm a bad, I'm, I'm a bad video gamer, basically. Like, I don't, I don't play games. I used to be very much into video games that could sink hours upon hours upon hours into the game. So, like, my day would consist of me playing video games, and I feel like it's probably that burnout from doing that because now I feel like I sure. put two, three hours into a game and then I say to myself, this is fun. I need to do that again. And then I watch anime and uh, watch football and uh, go to school and do whatever I f have to do and don't touch it again. And I'm like, all right, that thing. Hey, well, I it's been probably over a year, probably, actually, <laughs> probably closer. No, it's been over two years. I still haven't finished Danganronpa. And I keep thinking that I keep thinking that every once in a while, like I'm still like mid first, mid like not even halfway through. I'm still at <laughs> the beginning of like the game one. I should go back. I should well, play that game again. <laughs> I started playing Danganronpa off of one of our users' skates um, recommendation. I put I put a bit into it. What is it? Number one. I put five hours into it. That's fine. I yeah. don't like it. So I stopped you playing don't. it. I don't like it at all. So I have I unlike... I find it very interesting, mm -hmm. but I think the gameplay is terrible. The gameplay is horrible, and the story is interesting. I mean, it's a, it's a, that's a fair assessment. So I have this I have this rule where if I get a game because I have a lot, mm -hmm. you're gonna see that when I move here to Rhode Island. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna hang out and play some games. Um, when I get a brand new game, I play it for two hours. Minimum. That is my personal rule, even if I don't like it. Because then I, at that point, I feel like I didn't waste my money. Mm -hmm. uh, and I have a good idea of what the game is. For video games, I don't, especially with modern gaming, I don't feel inclined to beat a game. It's not a necessity. Mm -hmm. If I, I put in, I think it was 10 hours, going back to Tales of Zestiria from earlier, I put in about 10 hours in that game. I didn't feel a need to finish it. I wasn't too into it. Did I enjoy those 10 hours? Yeah, sure. I didn't feel like I wasted my time. But I, but as you said in your experience with Danganronpa, 
you didn't like the gameplay, you know, after a while you, you just develop the, you don't, you don't develop the need to continue on. Yeah. Uh, that's a, that's a pretty apt way to put it. Cause again, I find the story very interesting. I like the setup. Yeah. I like a lot, but it's not even visual novel style gameplay because visual novel style gameplay would be, you know, well, text box appears and you read it and, oh, interesting. And then you click an option and you read it. And, yeah. Except Steingate. So I mean, Steingate, you, no you kind of do that in, <laughs> you do that in, uh, Danganronpa as well, as well as lot. But yeah, no, I understand where you're coming from, especially with Danganronpa because, you know, there's a lot of just kind of walking around, trying to look at clues, read stuff, react yep. to what people are saying, and then ultimately, it all kind of just boils up. To, uh, everything kind of just boils up until something happens, investigation happens, and then you know, eventually trial happens. And well, one of my biggest problems is I got through the first trial, but I felt like you know I was answering correctly, mm-hmm. but it wasn't exactly what. It wasn't the exact reaction the game was looking for, so it was incorrect. And that is the problem, right? Because they tell you that they tell you that in the tutorial as well. They will try to throw you off by answer by having like incorrect statements that are you know clearly lies, however unrelated to the actual investigation. And that is like you know things I feel the game will throw in there to make it harder. But it doesn't make sense. I or nothing doesn't make sense. It makes sense that people will try to lie essentially when you're being accused of murder. You know, yeah. If you don't actually have a solid, you know. Uh... Well, for instance, when I was playing in one of those trials, you had two answers that were essentially the same answer. It was uh, like you know, she was stabbed with a knife in my bathroom. That my door doesn't work, or but my door doesn't work and she was stabbed. Yeah. Like they're the same answer. I wonder. I wonder. Yes. So, in cases like that, because Danganronpa is a an, uh, a Japanese game. Yes. Yeah. That is a translation issue. It very probably, probably is because Clear, Japanese is very like particular. I, I've I've come across this uh, in German translating to English. Mm-hmm. Um, certain phrases, uh, even though they're very similar, and we have it in English too. Certain inflections on words, uh, when char- when people speak, um, the way a sentence is structured is meant to mean two things, even though it is the same thing. Yeah, well, like so, I can the- definitely see that because it could have it could have meant you know like she was stabbed in my bathroom, but clearly I wasn't in there because I was in her room. Mm-hmm. Whereas they just wrote you know she was stabbed in my bathroom, my door doesn't work, and that's how they translated it. And then the other answer could have been something like. Uh, no, because they broke that door. Right. Because my door... It sounds like the two... It sounds like the two options was just giving you more information to go on. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to as opposed to minimal information to kind of save yourself. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, but it's stuff like that, it seems common. Yeah. And... Yeah. Well, that's, that's a Japanese gaming thing. Japanese yeah. translation uh, gaming issue that's very common, especially in RPGs. Especially in Persona. Especially Persona 5. <laughs> God. <laughs> I can't hear Tori anymore. Oh no. I, not even talking anymore. Hello? Okay. Well that that does explain that. Yeah. Alright, I guess we've uh I guess we've crushed these questions. We did it. We did it. I don't we know did. if we actually answered the last one, but we did it. <laughs> we um, didn't fuck it. Yeah. It's Semi. He'll ask us if he's not <laughs> satisfied with our answer. 
Um, yeah. Is it time to move on to the most important series ever, Mobile Suit Gundam? Uh, we're not. No. Do- we're not doing Ava until next cast. Oh. Ha. Ha ha. Oh. Ha. Ha. How was that right? Uh, yes. yes. Yes, it is actually. We are doing Ava next cast. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mobile Suit Gundam. So, I have Two a pages. notebook here. <laughs> With many a notes, because I wanted to do this right. Tori doesn't like Gundam or Mecha. I don't. I don't. Or good things. Or, or good things. I or do. Things. No, clearly not. He's also been <laughs> sick. Totally I not have. from watching the Gundam have movies. Been. I still technically am. <laughs> He's re- I still have been. <laughs> He's recovering. <laughs> I, you know, yeah, I mean, for fuck's sake, a couple hours before. I had to take like painkillers a couple hours before coming on here. <laughs> Uh, this is gonna be fun. So I, what I've done is I've broken I've broken this up into the three movies. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, sure. Movies came out in happens. 1981, uh, shortly after the original series ended, which started in 1979. It was uh, directed and originally created by uh, Tomino, famous guy. Might have heard of him. Maybe. Never. <laughs> what do you do? What do you ever do? Uh, Gundam. Lots and lots of Gundam. (laughs) (laughs) So what, 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 what has happened here is the, the original series, uh, was spanned 50 episodes, uh, had a crazy amount of detail in the universe, uh, went into a lot of, uh, a lot of the site, the crew of this battleship white base and was able to get the viewer to really understand what their mentality was uh, during this massive war that has broken out. So kind of playing off that, uh, what has happened is humans have immigrated into the space, made these massive space stations called sides. And they're across the universe, not as far as you think, because they there's no, uh, let's say, instant instantaneous space travel going towards what Macross does they they don't have they can't fold into different uh space time space time areas uh to go quicker so time in space goes a lot slower as you i'd like to compare it to getting on an airplane and going somewhere it's very much like that so what's happened is these sides have gone out into space and over time uh what they do each side has their own little uh, uh job to play toward, towards humanity, and especially Earth. And Earth still wants to control them. They want to control the resources that they make out there. They want to control the people. Uh, and that's called... And it's run by the organization uh, nicknamed the Fetties, uh, the Earth Federation. And uh, after a certain amount of time, and certain generations have passed, uh, the one farthest from Earth uh, has now... They want their own independence... <laughs> and it's run by, and, and they become run by the Zabi family. And a war breaks out over this independence. The Zabis make this uh, make this uh, group called Zeon, uh, and Earth fights them. Seek Zeon. <laughs> and, and if I'm not mistaken, uh, the the side is side three. That's where they come from. So this initial uh, war breaks out. Half. 
the population of of uh, Zeon and half of uh, the Earth's population die. So that gives you a sense of there's a definite soldier need mm-hmm. immediately. So now it, it's eight months has passed, and this is where it starts. And it starts off in one of the sides, side seven. We meet Armor Array, our main character. Uh, and he talks, okay. it kind of de- establishes that he's a machine nut. You leave that boy alone. <laughs> no. Yes. No. Yes. No. Fuck yourself. <laughs> no. So during this, so our, oh, our I guess yeah. that makes sense. So side seven's kind of this uh, neutral, neutral place. It's not in the war. It's like the DMZ. <laughs> let's call him switzerland let's call him the demilitarized zone <laughs> let's just say they're the spot right between north and south korea yeah. and they're not the only ones there there's uh i believe there's another side or two that's uh that's trying to stay out there's even places on earth uh that are trying to remain neutral uh, what's happened is the fetties are developing a new crazy spaceship and a new crazy uh mechanized mobile suit and the wars are fought with people in these massive armors uh, that look like humans. Now are they Gorndorms? <laughs> so they're not Gundams. Because that's kind of... The, the Gundam itself is a leap in technology. Because it, Xeon, being in space, they've ha- they have a higher technology, lower population. So that's the advantage and disadvantage. While the Fetties have the higher population, a lesser technology. So the Fetties want to kind of catch up and and take 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 over the tide of war mm-hmm. with this better technology and this technology is the white base which is the ship and the Gundam itself which is the RX78 as it's called dash 2 dash 2 and it's being it's being made at size 7 with crazy scientist people <laughs> and one of them is Armoro's dad so this is how Armoro kind of understands uh this certain technology that's being developed, because I guess his dad talks a lot about it, or he just, he's like know, a new type or something. He just leaves that. Well, we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> too early, man. So, too early. It's never too early. Yeah. No, uh, so Zeon sneaks into Side Seven, and they want to cause some shit. They want their their job is to take pictures and do recon. Uh, it's big and this bullies. this infiltration unit of Zeon is run by a guy named Shar Asnable. And he becomes our main. He be, besides the Zabi family and Zeon, Shar is the let's call it the third party antagonist. Shall we? Sure. So he's running this. Armoro, uh, there. Uh, Zeon gets caught uh, being outside. So then, side seven, the people inside seven are told to go into the bomb shelters. Armoro's like, screw that. I don't want to be here anymore. He leaves the shelter. Because he's like, I gotta find Dad. <laughs> so this is so things we've learned is the sense of scale is immediate. Mm-hmm. Everything's these ships, the Gundams, they're massive. Uh, the uh, the size of the universe is established as it takes a while to get places. Um, it's a universe. It's a universe. <laughs> and Armoro, uh, as smart as he is, he makes dumb decisions. Yeah. Immediately. He's a child. And it's not just him. It's also everyone else. <laughs> it's a show where especially characters him. make dumb decisions. It's, it's almost him. like they're under incredible stress because of a war or something. Yeah. Nah, never. Oh, yeah, totally. Forever. Shinji getting the mech. 
So one of one of the pilot, yeah. So the first movie, the whole movie is establishing things like this, uh, and the characters, and the battle of Fetties versus Zeon. Um, this is where all most of my notes are. It's just from this first movie because it's a lot, a lot of setup, and that's what the first I want to say twelve to twenty episodes of Gundam is. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, establishes lots of people die easily in mass numbers, such as the Xeon pilot breaking uh, <laughs> orders and just going, I'm going to fucking kill everybody. And that's how it starts. So uh, all the engineers and pilots at the base are dead. Mm-hmm. This is why Armoro then goes, I'm going to get in the mobile suit because he just happened to find, coincidentally, the instructions on how to pilot it. But they do something well well enough where when he gets into it, he kind of says, wow, this is a crazy amount of technology in here. It's so much different than, say, the regular tanks that the Fetties use and have. This is still episode one. <laughs> this is still movie the opening one. episode and movie one itself. What do you guys uh, think of the setup and the introduction and everything? Since I've been Boring. rambling over and setting everything up. Um, well, uh, I, I thought it was a nice refresher. I've already seen the series. I watched sure. the episodes. So, I mean, I knew what was happening, and that was kind of the point. Um, <laughs> uh, it was kind of just basically, oh, okay, cool. There's Amaro, and there's Fra. Yep, she still exists. Awesome. Okay. So, Fra Bro, Fra Bao is, uh, kind of the established motherly figure in the show, and also Amaro's. Well, piece of shit. And also, well, we'll get, we'll get there. <laughs> and Armro's uh, childhood friend. That's where she kind of comes in. Yeah. Which means she can't possibly win. <laughs> yep. Childhood friends don't win. Ask JD. He has one. Yep. <laughs> well, we never were a thing. Uh, <laughs> I know. Yeah, no. Because she's for a me, childhood friend. For me, the uh, the first movie was like, unlike Joe, I've never seen the original Mobile Suit Gundam. It's one of those things where it's like, it's been on my plan to watch list for a while, and I... It was well, something you don't that need to whenever watch I decided, whenever I decided to actually get into Gundam, I wanted to check it out, but I never. And I checked out other other Gundam series instead, and uh, better series than this. And I, so I kind of went into this movie blind, and uh, all I pretty much got out of the first the first movie was uh, Armor's a piece of shit. I don't understand. I mean, I understand, but like when it's, I'm sitting there thinking, like, so Shinji is the poster boy for whiny main main character and it's like god Amuro's like 10 times worse well uh. funny en- funny enough uh Amuro as a character uh i i said i said earlier that the mobile suit gundam series is more um the white base crew each character kind of gets their gets their moment to shine the movie uh, sure. especially this first one is all about Amuro and his character and yet there is a lot that is brushed over because you have less time to develop the character. So there's a lot... I found that there was a significant less, significantly less uh, moments of Armoro being a whiny child. It did happen, but it wasn't as bad as the TV show did. Because there was less time. Mm-hmm. And it was still bad. Very bad. Uh, what is interesting is this is where we also get where Armoro is established to have quick wits, quick reaction speeds... Uh, much better than the average pilot, even even though he has no combat experience, but he is still sixteen. Yep, sixteen. 
Pretty sure. He's a, so he's that. he's in prime angsty teenager age. <laughs> I was not that he doesn't angsty, he doesn't know war. Uh, he but he knows machines. Yeah, and so that he has, that is one thing. That is one thing that I I have to applaud the um, the movie for. For as much as I didn't like it, I really appreciated when they put him in the mech and kind of even everybody else that eventually have to you know get on board a white base and kind of pilot this thing and fight this war. They are all complete rookies, as far as I understood. And I really appreciate that, like, feeling of how it's, like, as frustrating as it can be to watch at times. It's like, it makes sense. They're not born and bred killing machines. People don't go right. out and... People don't go out, like, you know, you're not just recruited off the street and you go out, out there, like, guns blazing, like, I'm gonna murder everyone. <laughs> well, there's... That would so be there... an- so there's a moment during the during the movie and the TV show uh, that because it established all the engineers and uh, pilots and, and soldiers are dead, their side seven has to evacuate the population. Well, you see, on what Tori was talking about, how um, you can't just hop into a Gundam and be some kind of god. Right. That's actually one of the problems I had with Iron-Blooded Orphans. Oh yeah, they all they were all like that. <laughs> yeah, well, it's because they have that uh, uh, the Alex Vanya system, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it I automatically understand. gave them reaction speed. Yeah, See, and that yeah that cheapens the fights. Yeah, I understand. I had my issues with this movie in the sense that uh, Amuro had the manual uh, because it kind of given the manual to anybody. Exactly, and that was my problem when they were you know they had this moment where no, you're the only one who can pile pilot this robot and i'm kind of sitting just like he has the fucking manual just read the goddamn manual luckily well, and i'm kind of hey, luckily i'm just to you know not to spoil anything but uh they do actually tackle that eventually which made me very happy because i i told jd when i was watching movie one when i was when i finished watching movie one i said if they keep doing this in movie two i'm gonna flip shit they didn't <laughs> and it's funny in the tv show they do establish that there's a reason why he's the only one that could pilot it. it ma- manual, with the manual or not. And as you said, Tori, they do tackle it in movie two. So I'm wondering why the choice... Because they what the movies do is they, they like uh, skipping moments using text to explain things going on. Uh, so I'm wondering why there wasn't like a small text conversation between, say... Uh, Bright Noah, who ended up being the captain of the white base ship, with say another person on the ship. Like, why is why does Armoro, why is he the only one that can possibly pilot this? Because there is a moment where Armoro gets depressed. Uh, he's like, I don't want to pilot this thing anymore. Why don't you do it? And Bright's like, Why? Well, what if I could? Once. Mm-hmm. They could have sta- They could have elaborated on that. Like, yeah. why can't he do it? They just never did. The TV show, I um, I vaguely remember they they did go into that detail. See, the thing is, there's an easy answer. Y- you have to pilot it because you're the only one who knows how to pilot it right now. I can learn right now, but yes. you're the only competent one. But they never said yeah. that. Yeah, but I mean, they that's... kind of hinted at it, no. sort of. No. no, but that's the easy answer. Plus, these people are cowards. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so there's a lot there. Side seven's evacuating. There's a lot of refugees, regular civilians on the ship now. Mm-hmm. And there's only a handful 
that had any sort of experience. There's uh, there's Kai, there's Ryu, there's uh, Mirai, um, Sela, and uh, those are the main four. Yeah. Yeah. They no. have some experience. Ryu, I think, uh, said he had... This is just the beginning. Ryu said he has, like, a week of pilot training. So he's the only one that mm. can pilot uh, the core fighter. And he's shit at it because he's only had a week to do it. Right. So yep. he's pretty bad at it. Um, Kai has minimal mobile suit experience. So he's the one that's in charge of the uh, gun cannon. And even he's like, Jesus, I hardly know what I'm doing. Uh, Mirai's like, I've piloted like a plane once or twice. Okay, I guess I'm going to be the one in charge with uh, moving the white base forward. So Bright Noah, he's just an ensign. He's a new. He's essentially a rookie himself. Yeah. Um He's put in charge of the white base, so everyone has their individual tasks that they kind of—they're kind of forced into. Well, the thing mm-hmm. is, like they—that only they can do. Yeah, and they yeah. can't pilot because you can't lose people when you have no one. Right. I, you can't I lose agree. people like, off the deck when you have nine people on the deck to pilot four hundred people along. Yeah, obviously, yeah. and and when you see more battleships and everything, you see a lot more people on there. White base has like four people. Yeah. So it's pretty crazy. Well, I was telling yeah. you while we were watching the last movie, like, how many people do you think it would take to run this? Exactly. It wouldn't take the four that are on the deck. <laughs> it would take 20 people on the deck and 100 people on staff. Well, even yeah. even a character like Fra Bo, you, you, you end up seeing her be part of, like, communications, and she, she does everything along those lines, yeah. but can't keep track of enemies in the field of it. That's why White Base basically gets his ass kicked constantly. Uh, they end up pulling... So... Uh, they escape side seven. It's pretty much destroyed. Um, there's a scene where Armoro, uh, uh slices through one of the Xeon uh, Zaku's, which is the ma- which is the common uh, Xeon mobile suit, and it just explodes because what are they powered with, Joe? Nuclear reactors. <laughs> like, don't do that because it takes half of side seven with it. Yeah. So he's like, crap. So then he th- then he's like, okay, I'm going straight for the pilot. Very brutal but very thought out. Yeah. Uh, so they escape, and their goal is to get White Base and the Gundam, this new Leapin' Fetty technology, to the main resource uh, asteroid called Luna 2, which is essentially the front lines of the of the battle. So Char's after him. He's, he he wants to... it was a to... fucking nightmare to even get off the planet. Yeah. So all these refugees and... Uh, civilians that are forced on white base they get to luna 2 in which <laughs> the main guy goes fuck off you're going to earth you're the only ones who can do this we have no we can't spare any soldiers because half the population's gone they're all spread out to all these different places you guys got war experience now bye bye yep what do you they even ask the question what are we going to do about all these civilians and refugees i don't know they can't stay here take them to jo- job row which is the main uh, Earth Fetty kind of uh, headquarters. Yep. Well, oh shit, and even all the civilians are like, crap, uh, great, We all we did was run for our lives, and now we gotta go through it. So the Fetties obviously don't give a shit. Yeah. Well, they have more pressing matters, like, you know, not losing. <laughs> the war, yeah, not losing the war. They can't worry about one ship. Yep. But they do at least want them to, uh, since it was already established now, because... People like Shar Aznable, which is a major Xeon player, and Xeon seem to be focused on white white base now. Mm-hmm. Maybe they can 
And the, the thought process behind this is Zeon's going to be distracted trying to trying to get rid of or uh, take this new technology. Yes. That's the whole... Do you guys have any issues with, with the way Gundam has gone so far and their motivations for all this? Uh, no, but there is one thing that yes. I was telling you about. Okay. Where uh, one of my favorite parts about Gundam as an overarching series mm -hmm. is usually the bad guy which in this case is Char, mm -hmm. isn't wrong. He also isn't really the bad guy. Well, we don't know that quite yet. We think he is. Well, the problem being me and you have seen more Gundam. True. So, Tori, what did you think of Char up until this point? We're about halfway through movie uh, one, by the way, Yeah. at this point. Well, I've, the problem is, even though I haven't seen a lot of uh, a lot of Gundam, I've known about Char for a long time. Of course. Uh, like, he's so very famous. Well, becomes, I mean, there's, there's yeah, even right? a scene he's... in the last movie where he stops and helps Amaro, someone who he knows is uh -huh. an enemy pilot. Yeah, yeah. And he still helps him fucking out because he's like, "We're not on the, we're not on the, we're not on the war grounds." Yeah, so yeah, you're just a person. Yeah, yeah. and this happens. Yeah. It's not just him, Char that does that. It does happen quite often in the series, which I kind of forgot about. Honestly, mm -hmm. these kind of enemy soldier moments of meeting each other. Not yeah. on the battlefield because they're just they're just people and they know it. It's it's like the American Civil War. It's Americans killing Americans. You're just people killing people. Because ultimately, with the fucking colonies and shit, there's um there's a strong push that everyone's just human now. You need to fucking we need mm -hmm. to not die out as a species. Yeah. And this fucking war is kind of a problem, <laughs> making that you know very hard <laughs> to not die as a fucking species. Tori? Yeah. What are your thoughts? I don't have any. Uh, basically, like, no. <laughs> Not shocking. Uh, the problem is your, uh, like, when it comes to Gundam, first of all, the entire thing is just mushed into my head and I did not enjoy it. Uh, I've had a, like, I had so many goddamn issues with the way it was just presenting itself. I, I don't like the way it feels like like you guys have way more experience with this than I do, and you having seen this series and all, you have a lot more gaps to fill in. To me, the movie constantly felt like it was just skipping ahead, skipping ahead, skipping ahead, leaving out details. I don't understand fuck all of what is going on. So I'm kind of sitting there going, okay, sure, he's piloting. He is the only one who can do this, even though he's a manual, and even though JD's like JD pointed out to me, and I had to give it that to him. Like just because you have the mat, like if you had the manual to a plane, does that mean you could fly it? No. Yes. But I could with pra <laughs> I could with practice. I could with practice, and that's kind of my problem again. Because right, what but how much practice? How much practice when, would it take? <laughs> but there it is, JD. There's my problem again. Because I, like I said, yes, but I could with practice, and the problem then becomes what I because we didn't see them ever trying to practice this. But what we did get to see was them spending time on the beach because that is important. Yeah, it was that one is also moment. A war zone. It was one moment, but it is an unnecessary moment. Why would they rather show them on the beach than showing them actually practicing in a moment where they have time? But you know what? Well, they so also showed a, a bunch of, of like soldiers that. getting trashed. So it was clearly an R&R &R moment, and they didn't want to fight. So, yeah. you know, it, it, as, as weird as the beach scene was, you also did get the scene where guys are just getting drunk, and that is very... Uh, that, yeah, was, again, that was believable. I feel, like, I feel like it's not a it's not a unnecessary scene. It's not that like it's I don't have a problem with them 
doing that, but it becomes again the problem with these compilation movies for me, not having seen the series. Mm. It feels like it skips an important step in order to move on to the next one. Right? So I'm kind of saying there's like there's this gap here for me now, which then again gets emphasized in the next movie when all of a sudden they say, Well, Amaro, you're technically not needed anymore because we have figured out how to pilot the gun that was like, okay, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so one one okay. So I actually thought this first movie uh, was very faithful, and it did have the majority of the info you needed. I thought it presented it quite well compared to the movie two and three, which left a whole hell of a lot. Now, the one thing I couldn't figure out upon completing the first movie was Tori, as you'd said. They didn't mention anything about anyone else practicing with the other mobile suits Mm -hmm. uh, or learning other jobs, especially with a smaller crew, that seemed kind of necessary. Yep. Uh, and I believe in the show they did cover that, so they s- clearly just skipped over that in the first movie. The other thing uh, is a lack of describing new type. It was completely yes. omitted from the first movie. Ugh. And I believe also in the TV show they cover new type as this new Xeon's uh, been... Uh, experimenting with human evolution it's kind of this whole it's kind of being this whole belief that this is why the independence began in the first place yeah i mean jenny i told you when i was watching the second movie uh like i told i, I basically told like if i hadn't if i hadn't at least seen enough gundam to have heard heard the like phrase new type being thrown out every once in a while and of course have joe explain it to me that would have been so like I would have been completely lost right then and there at the start of like oh yeah too because I'd be like what Ah, (laughs) so yeah I mean if you if you didn't go into this with previous knowledge moments like that would just completely throw throw you off very clear and I I didn't even like that you shouldn't have because it's not good storytelling no it's it's bad yeah Um, but the thing is this series these compilations weren't made for you to replace watching the series. They were made Thanks. so you didn't have to rewatch the series again. You can, yeah, you can cut out or just watch the major battles. I mean, the the thing about these movies is you can literally replace the series with them if you've seen other Gundams, so you can piece those things together. If you've seen like uh, War in the Pocket, Char's Counterattack, mm. something like that, where you can start piecing what new types are together, then you can react to these. But yeah. if this is your first Gundam, or if this is your first like UC major Gundam, yeah. You need to watch the series instead of this movie. Uh, I think the first movie, you can skip over those those parts of the series. I think you can. Well, yeah, I mean anything that's not canon, you skip over. Like if it's fucking if it gets retconned, if it's unnecessary, if it's just bullshit like the beach episode, which I mean. Well, there there is a purpose to why they were there. Yeah, it's because uh, they're children, and if you just work all the time, you're gonna fucking mentally die. So they they so we'll get into psychological parts uh, here in a sec. So they're uh, the white base is is given the task to go to Earth. They go to they go to Earth. Shar uh, meets them like they have a battle upon reentry, and Shar's purpose was okay. If we can't blow them up or destroy them, we're gonna redirect them to and so they can't just go straight to Jabro. He redirects them into uh, Zeon territory on Earth. Uh, which is, I guess, like Central America. Mm-hmm. And 
because of Xeon territory control, they didn't really go into what territories they actually control. They just say, we're going to have to take the long way around uh, based on what Xeon does. And the show, this is another case of just omitting that kind of information. Uh, it kind of even threw me off because I couldn't quite remember everything. Shocking. Uh, this is where then you meet one of the first Zabi sons, and it's Garmin Zabi. So Shar then gives control over to Garmin Zabi, Garma, Garmin, <laughs> Garma Zabi, and this is where Armoro starts getting his first battle of depression, because he's a 16-year-old kid going to war. He's had no problem killing uh, people in the machines, but as soon as he starts seeing the people... That's when he starts realizing he's actually murdering people. Mm-hmm. He's in war. Uh, it's his first battle of depression. I thought that was handled pretty well. Not enough time to it, if you ask me. But it's the movie. It's a compilation movie of a fifty-episode yeah. series. So there, there's a there's a dance party. You get to meet. You get to know more about Garma. Uh, you know, he's in love, he's going to get married, he wants to prove himself, you know, he wasn't given the, he, he wants to prove that he wasn't given this position of power uh, without some merit. So that's why he's then motivated to go after White Base and charge like, yeah, all right, cool. Uh, I'm still here, command me. So there's that, that's the Xeon side. Meanwhile, on the uh, Earth Federation side, Armro meets Lieutenant Matilda, the hottie patati redhead chick. <laughs> he develops uh, what you would call a crush. <laughs> Adorable. Oh, so cute. <laughs> and Matilda, this is this is the hints, um, and it, and of course the show goes into so much more detail, but it's it's down to like singular lines of just Lieutenant Matilda going, "You must be some kind of esper." Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you get that, guys? So dumb. Yeah. Just out of nowhere, it, it's it's like she's joking. Oh, she is. I did like this. Uh, and then White Base and Zeon end up having a battle. Uh, White Base is kind of hiding out. They're trying to set a trap. Char finds it. And he's like, ah, clever. Kind of throwing us off a trail. Sends out Garma. And totally fucks him over. He tells him the wrong thing. Sets him, sets him up to get ambushed. And this is our first indication that Shar hates the Zabi family. You don't know why, but there's a, one of my favorite lines is, Sorry, Gamera. We were good friends. I really liked you. But your last name's Zabi, so middle fingers, you're dead. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> well, it's, um, there's, you know, in here, there's no explanation to why he hates the Zabi family. But you learn later. I mean, not really. It's all inferred shit later but sure Toru, did you like this sequence at all uh well yes and no because i don't know it's i was again because i i've heard of char, char before and knows know at least a little a little bit about him like i was expecting it so it was like when it came i was like okay there's the betray- there's the betrayal and now now we go Mm-hmm. Now we begin. This now it begins. Begin. This is when we begin Char's uh, Char's bizarre adventure. <laughs> Char's bizarre adventure. <laughs> no, it, no. Upon this moment, so it feels like the series. So 
It feels, yeah, it feels like the series picks up here. <laughs> However, the movie doesn't end very well. No. Because we get to meet Armuro's mom, who's in this, like, pacifist village. This is where the beach scene happens. Oh, no. Uh, no, not his mom. You find out that um, Armuro and his dad, his dad's like, I'm going to go uh, develop this new technology in space. Got a kick-ass new job. You coming? And she goes, no, I'm going to stay on Earth. Bye. She's a pacifist, Joe, oh. though, JD. That, that, that makes it all okay. You know, like that scene where she is just, where, where she is just like, uh, or again, Amuro ends up having to defend himself, so he ends up killing those two uh, Sion soldiers that comes to check on and check on them, and he's like, "How could you kill someone?" Amuro's <laughs> just like, "Would you rather see them kill me?" And she says, "She doesn't even say no. She's just kind of like, hmm." She goes, "No, you <laughs> should question. think of him because he has a family." Yeah. yeah. Yep. And yes, and Amuro has a great response. Mom, this is war. <laughs> yep. And then no, he runs I, away. <laughs> I kind of made, I kind of made the joke. It's like I'm glad to, I'm glad to see that this kind of retardation isn't just limited to armor. I'm glad to see that it's actually running in the family. <laughs> <laughs> it's like ah, so that's where he gets that's who he gets it from. Uh, yeah, yeah. So what 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 throws me throws me off about this whole sequence with his mom is he has this. Like, he hasn't seen her at all or heard from her yeah. in, like, a decade. Doesn't even know she's alive. There's a whole scene where he, where they tell her, tell tell Armro that, oh, your mom's, like, over there. And he goes, oh, my God, she's alive? It's like, okay, I get his reaction, but it's like, eh, us, the viewer, I'm going, fuck wait, that bitch. she's been alive this whole time? Yeah. <laughs> well, fuck her. <laughs> it's so bad. Uh-huh. Oh, man. Parents, am I right? Yeah, parents, am I right? Well, he he leaves, and <laughs> and the mom has the, just the most bizarre lines. I I like I, things I didn't remember in the TV show because it's so bad. I kind of I kind of I totally threw it out of my memory. Well, it's kind of like she's fucking on drugs. Like she's saying some really dumb shit just oh, constantly. It's because he was raised by his father only, and the mother wasn't there. That's why he turned out to be this this. Uh, she ends up saying basically like she hates him. Because of what he's... Be- he's become mm-hmm. a soldier and kills people now. He's a monster. I didn't raise him to be like this bitch who didn't raise him at all. She has that line. <laughs> I didn't raise him like like this. Remember when I raised you for those first eight years of your life? Oh, you mean the ones where I only remember, like, maybe two years of it? Yeah, sure. I. <laughs> it- it's so weird. Yeah, it's, um... She's awful. She's, in my opinion, the worst character in the entire show. And movies. Yeah. Well, the it's... worst moms ever. It's oh, like, yeah. It's literally like she's... Because this, this is, what, 79? This came out? Yeah. Uh, the show, yes. Yeah. So that's... Like, is that when cults started to be a thing? Because this does seem like she hit a cult. And uh, she's... It did feel like a cult, yeah. And she's just, like, <sighs> taking drugs somewhere in fucking Oregon. It, totally naive to what's going on in the rest of the universe because yeah. it's not just the earth it's everything it's like what was it the um the golden gate yeah where they thought the spaceship was going to come down during the eclipse and take them all away yeah and yeah they all yeah. drank the kool-aid they, they all drank the kool-aid and died and, yeah. oh yeah 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 that's you're exactly right it felt like she was part of uh, this this pacifist cult. because she's so incredibly ignorant and like her husband amaro's father is a fucking scientist. It's like, I got a kick-ass new job. You coming? No. Yeah. Like, are you f- 
You fucking can't. And he not- just pieces out. He's like, I'm taking the kid with me. So he, there must have been something going on there. Yeah, there had to have been. Had to have been. Uh, so then it cuts to a big funeral. Again, a lot of information in this first movie. Yeah. It cuts to uh, uh, the funeral of of uh, Garmazabi, and Zeon's now using this as a way to basically become a dictatorship mm-hmm. in full power, uh, using his death as a way to motivate the troops. Um, totally not like Hitler or Stalin or anybody. You know, totally, totally not. not. Non-relatable. Don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and you see Bright, Bright seeing this uh, this broadcast, and she's being like, "That is a dictatorship." Mm-hmm. How do the people not see this? But they're so uh, inclined to this idea of uh, people in space are space noids are better than people from Earth. That's where that's where this is the point where I feel where Gundam starts taking it up up a notch. Yeah, it stops. It stops. Race Heil Hitler. <laughs> Sieg Zion, literally. You you hear it all. That's what they mean. They, they even mention Hitler in the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they throw literally. they throw out like this is part of Earth's like dark past. Um, so then, uh, uh, which uh, big, big dude, big Zabi, uh, like the oldest yes. big male. Oh, no. Oh, uh, what's his name? Zam. It's the guy who ends up piloting Ooh, big, big Zam, which we'll talk about later. <laughs> uh, big Zam! Anyways, uh, he sends, he, he's in charge of a lot of section of, uh, Zeon, uh, control, and he sends a, re- essentially a revenge squad, uh, with with kind of these new zakus uh down to earth down to earth or are they already on earth i think they're already on earth he sends this the squad uh run by rambaral mm-hmm. to go after white base now so shards now out of the picture and this that's was, um and that's where the movie the movie ends and armoro they they briefly go armoro's not depressed anymore but he does have rec- what they called recruit burnout where he's just fucking in a daze. Now, what was Char doing at this time? Uh, so after after what happened with Garma, is this 0079? Is this War in the Pocket time? No, no, no. Uh, War in the Pockets. Pockets. Uh, 0079. In October of the war, I believe. Because Char was doing something specifically that's taking place in another movie right now. Yeah, I think I think you're right. It's either because Char's counterattack is after. It, well, it's after the war's over. Yes. Because um, there's 8th MS team happening, and in, uh, I, I believe, December of the war, and War in the Pockets happening in October during the war. I think that... But this this particular moment, I think, takes place in summer. Okay. So we're... we're you know what? We're gonna... Char's not in the picture anymore. He's doing something else. And that's how movie... One ends, and now we're gonna pick it up. <laughs> The, the pace picks up heavy going into the second two movies. Now the fighting begins. Uh, I gave movie one an eight out of ten. I was very lenient with it. I thought uh, it conveyed all the information you needed uh, well enough. It could have been better. Uh, I gave it a six. A six? The movie six. one? Yep. Hmm. I absolutely cannot recommend it, and my recommendation line starts at seven. I would recommend, um, I would recommend the series or watching The Origin. Uh well the ser- the series is inherent I do I do give the series uh, a higher rating mm-hmm. uh hence why this is low I gave the series nine out of ten I think yep. it's very good a lot of information's passed I think the movie still has all the information you need 
Uh, but there is that sense but of you need information you need, going in. You need information going in, and, and that's where the first movie it. goes down. Just I can't uh, recommend it like generally to everybody. Like I can recommend Eighth MS to everybody, regardless of what you know about Gundam. Sure. Because Eighth MS is pretty cut, dry, closed. You don't need to know everything about Amaro right. Ray and Char and. So we're we're hit, we're we're all in that six seven range. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 fine. It's Gundam, but you still need some information going in. It's one of the it's one of the lesser Gundams. Sorry, it's also made in seventy nine, not ninety eight. <laughs> well, the first movie was made in eighty one. Yeah, but so it does look on, a lot better. That's for sure. You based put on that content out there. from seventy nine. So. Yeah. Uh, Tori, opinion. Opinion. Well, like I said, I get the first movie a six. Uh, I didn't like it. I, I thought it was like there were certain things in the movie that I that I did like and I was impressed by how it handled handle itself but ultimately I felt like there were just too much too many instances of I don't get it like I I get it there's war I understand that and this, these are hard times but ultimately like I don't I don't I don't get like to put this to put the best. I don't get the fascination, right? Okay. I don't get there where people sit there and go, "Oh, the politics are so strong and everything is so fucking fantastic and the war portrayal of war is so real." And I'm just saying, <laughs> like, mm, mm. in certain instances, yes. Most of the time, though, it feels like it feels like taking select select pieces of information out of an archive. Like it's like, okay, this is a big event that happened. This is a big event that happened. Like kind of like that, and it's like the details in between they're like you nobody cares about that that's irrelevant <laughs> well then moving on to movie two it's called soldiers of sorrow this takes place primarily on earth uh so we have it, it goes right into uh rumble romber unit chasing white base uh it mentioned pro- now this is when it just goes it mentions uh it finally starts going into Xeon researching espers and they call them new types, uh, which is the next step in human evolution. Uh, it's and they and it, then they start having conversations, uh, whether it's among Xeon uh, soldiers or Char or something as simple as Mirai and Bright, kind of communicating with each other or uh, Lieutenant Matilda, uh, what they are, and they're just like, well, uh, I guess it's people uh, that have developed a high sense of intuition. So they're not even totally sure what it is. Uh, we do end up finding out that uh, based on the white bases, somehow survival, that now people at Jaburo, uh want to research the white base itself as a haven for new types. And just basically they, they have been given the, the, the task of being guinea pigs, specifically uh, Armoro. Because he piles the Gundam. Yep. Because there's a battle in the first movie where it has text where it's just like, during this battle, Armoro reached a new level of skill and he kills uh, 13 people in that battle by himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where that data comes from, including uh, another member of White, White Base, Sayla... Uh, what's what's her last name? Sayla Loon? Oh my god, Sayla Loon would be hilarious. Oh. Sayla something. 
Anyways. It's Salem Mass, actually. Salem Mass, there we go. Sailor Mars, right. (laughs) Sailor Mars. Salem Mass. So, uh, you know, there's there's some cool... Cool battles going up, uh, you know, Romba Rawls after him. Um, it, it, the, the pace is incredibly high. Uh, you, you see a scene where Sayla pilots the Gundam periodically, and there's just a simple line where she goes, um, I spent so much time in the simulator, why is the Gundam so different? You know, she can't handle the G-Force as well. She has no experience, mm-hmm. actually, in the Gundam. She's just been doing simulators. Yes. And you also see that other pilots now have been doing the same things. But it's all through just simple, singular lines. So you really have to pay attention to it. I don't particularly like how that was done. Me that was like che- I said, it, cheapening. I, I appreci- yeah, I appreciated that because like this was my exact issue from, from movie one. So I appreciate that, that they did what I said and that they actually kind of took... start working towards taking the power away from Amaro, being the only one who could pilot the Gundam, because like I said... I understand him being the best, and I understand relying on him to pilot the Gundam. But on the other hand, if something does happen to him, which you know he is pro, which he is prone to, you know, he is prone to being able to just decide to run away, for example, just like somebody else. Uh, <laughs> and right. Um, right, so it's like, so, or even just if he's killed, right? Then what? Like, fine, it's good to have a plan A. You need to start with a plan A. But what exactly is the plan B here? <laughs> Yeah, right. You'd also need a plan B in case stuff does not go to plan. Because guess what? Ninety percent of the time, especially in war, stuff do- never goes according to plan. <laughs> yeah. So, up and you know, with because they went over such a large amount of information in that first movie, uh, the second the second movie focuses on kind of relationships building. Mm-hmm. Um. In between ba- battle after battle, so you have Rambaral's battle and it, uh, Operation Odessa, um, which is uh, Rambaral going after the white base. You have fuck. What's up? Uh, the numbers two point eight billion. Yes. Humans dead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The show definitely goes into more more detail on like how many people have died in each battle, uh, how many people live in the colonies that got destroyed. Uh, they go. You get you get a better sense of time, essentially. While these movies, you have no. Once the first movie is over, you have no sense of time. It's just events. Events that keep happening, and it just keeps skipping mm-hmm. at a rapid rate. And it's very hard to, to keep track of what's important. It's like watching Saving Private Ryan, but just mashing on the skip button. <laughs> All right, next chapter. <laughs> and watching for 10 minutes and then skip, and then watch for 10 minutes and sk- just keep doing it. Yeah. Uh, so after these battles, and you start seeing Armoro kind of getting uh, more 16-year-old feelings. So Bright and Mirai are talking about taking Armoro out of the Gundam. Because they're afraid he's going to develop a uh, uh, a personality of him being better than everyone else. Getting more mm-hmm. conceited. And, of course, Armuro only hears half of it. And he's like, oh, you guys want to take me out of the Gundam? I'm going to run away with the Gundam. That wasn't related to him being a new type as well. Well, he didn't hear that part. Afraid of him. He didn't hear no, that he part. No, he did hear that part. As far as I understand, he did. No, he only heard where Bright goes, I don't want to him to develop 
a uh, a conceited personality. That's all he hears. That is weird. That is weird because they walked out right where he was when they were talking and standing there talking about new types. So he should have been able to hear that. <laughs> well, that was the first. That was that first half of the conversation. He only hears that second half, which is why he gets so pissy. But he is there the entire time while they're talking about it. So he should have heard the first part of it. He should have, but point. that's not what happened. He, <laughs> he only seemed heard... to me like he did hear that part as well. No, and that, well, that was his... also one of the reasons. Because they his... were talking, remember, the first thing they were talking about was like, they were talking, him being a new new type. They were talking about not being able to trust him because he is a new type. New typers are untrustworthy. Well, you know he I only heard like he half the conversation well. because... I know he doesn't, I know he doesn't he hear had... everything. He says the line, uh, oh, I'm not important anymore. You don't need me anymore. Hence, he only heard ha- the second half. Of course, he overreacts like a small that. child. and he's a small child. Because he is a 16-year-old. Yeah, that's, that's what he says. He goes, you don't need me anymore. And that's why he bounces. <laughs> which seems like With, a really dumb idea. Which is a really dumb idea, because now you're taking the main defense of white base away. Yeah. So he goes to this, they're in this desert oh, area. Oh, and by the way, you've been massacring the enemy opposition in this thing. Yeah. And now they see you, and there ain't dick to back you up. So Fra Bao <laughs> goes chasing off after him because they're they're just like, yeah, uh, go after him. You're the tr- you're his friend. Talk some fucking sense into him, mm-hmm. right? Uh, bring him back. And the Gundam, please. At least the Gundam. <laughs> At least just the Gundam. Uh, so Armrose goes into this uh, small pub in the desert. Uh, and of course, Rambaral and his crew also show up at this pub, and this is his first experience with an enemy, face to face. He he grows respect for Rambaral and his wife, and a lot of the soldiers. Uh, Rambaral has a lot of respect for Amuro because he's he doesn't know he's the soldier, but he he knows he's a kid who can take care of himself. Yes, because he's like he pulls up his shirt, Amuro's holding the gun, he's like, I like you more and more, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I will kill you right here. I've done it before. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so then, after that confronta- con- confrontation, uh, Ron Baral begins Operation Odessa, of mm-hmm. attacking the white base. It's a whole operation dedicated to kicking the shit out of white base yeah. and having Zeon. Because once uh, the white base crosses this certain path, uh, Zeon will have a much harder time getting to him because they're going to be in more Fetty territory and they can protect the white base from there. So it's a last ditch effort mm-hmm. to destroy the Gundam and white base until they get to Jabro. Uh, so battle ensues with Rambaral. Armuro has a second uh, train of thought where he goes, Oh, I should probably go back and save the crew. They're going to die without me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no shit. So he gets back, kicks some ass. Uh, Rambaral has an epic scene where he tries to invade White Base. There's like all five people with guns in front of him. He's like, shit. And he jumps off mm. the side, grenade in hand, blows himself up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, is what it mean- this is what it means to fight a war. This is what it means to fight a Bam. war. Armoro sees this in front of him, and he's like, uh, uh, uh Rambaral's dead. I really like I that guy. Tries, <laughs> I love how he tries to catch him as well and just blows yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the wife is like, I, you know, I like you, boy. I wish we could have, you know, hung out and be friends more. Uh, but I'm going to get revenge on my husband. A scene happens where uh, Ryu, one of the more experienced pilots, and he's banged up. Mm-hmm. He gets in the core fighter. 
sacrifices himself by running into um, Ron Baral's wife. So they're yep. both dead. Because uh, it was kind of a suicide a kamikaze attack that she was doing yeah. uh, to try and destroy White Base. Uh, and that's when there's this first moment of... That little sound of of Armoro's little new type ability coming. And he hears a voice that goes, Oh, it'll be okay. He's like, he looks around. Ryu immediately hits. It's like, oh shit. So they survive somehow. And it skips to getting to Belfast Port. Uh, and then this is where the series starts going downhill hard for me. And yeah. I'm a fan. Wow. You also, you also skipped the part where Matilda died. Lieutenant Matilda dies, but it's not as epic as the TV show. It just kind of happens. No, it's not epic, but yeah. it, you know, the, one of the one of the only hot people there died. That's that's sad. Yeah. So yeah, Armoro's <laughs> Armoro has regret that he you know he he could, he could have been a better if he was a better pilot he could have saved her. Um, mm -hmm. It's it, it basically doesn't happen in the movie. Yeah, it's just like she dies. End of story. Yep, she is uh, not alive in the end, and that's kind of it. Uh... <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, this yeah this movie's. Ugh. It does very little. Yeah, and and without Char, like Ron Baral's a cool guy. Mm -hmm. I really like the arc in this movie. It didn't feel as important. The whole Lieutenant Matilda's death felt unimportant. Well, I feel like every I feel like Char is the actual protagonist. Yeah, just in this, just in the sense that he is the one progressing the story at all times. Whereas Amaro Ray is actively the antagonist. He is trying to stop the progression of Zeon. <laughs> <laughs> he's not he's not trying to defeat Zeon, he's just trying to make it so, you know, they don't overrun White Base and kill everyone he knows. Yeah. So skipping ahead, moving on, as Tori wants probably this to, to end quicker. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, we're almost at three hours, so we're yeah. doing good. Uh well I mean I, I'm I'm big into Gundam. I like I took a lot of notes because I'm really into it. I'm trying to break the movie down to, for it to make sense, mm -hmm. especially for Tori who hasn't seen the show. Uh, Belfast Port, you get the return of Char, so there's that. Yes, he's like, fuck yeah, how lucky am I? <laughs> <laughs> I get to try and take out what he calls the Trojan Horse, because they don't actually know the the name White Base. Makes sense. Um, I like that little tidbit. Um. For we're some reason, we're now focusing on other characters now. Yeah. yeah. Surprise, so, motherfucker. Uh, we get intro of new mobile suits, uh, the Gogs, the Googs, <laughs> which, which are, yeah, which are uh, uh, underwater mobile suits. Um, Kai, it's like, now we're going to focus on him. Okay, cool, I guess. He goes out. He he ditches White Base. He goes out, meets this uh, meets this random girl. She turns out to be a spy. Good for her, I guess. Kai's like, okay, cool. You know, he's giving away secrets. He doesn't give a shit anymore. He's kind of never has. Uh, she he's been an asshole. Yeah, she sneaks on uh, White Base. Kai's like, I'll hide you. I know you're a spy. Whatever. Yeah. Um, she starts feeling bad because she's a civilian that she basically uh, has doomed White Base to die. She goes fights out with Kai. No military experience. She fires a missile. Falls in the water. Propulsion, prop propulsion of the missile probably essentially burns her alive, and then she falls in the ocean. Kai's sad. Woohoo. That end. That is what happens at Belfast. That face when he returns and he realizes she's no longer there. Yeah. And you <laughs> see no repercussions happen to Kai because he let a stowaway come on board. Uh, yep. 
Who cares? And then it cuts to them arriving at Jaburo. Can I just also mention something, though? Because sure. when they were fighting, uh, at, uh, when they were fighting there, you know, you were talking about the underwater mechs and whatnot. Yeah. The underwater Gundams. Didn't they quickly mention, uh, mention uh, like, what are they, mobile armors as well? Pretty sure they were talking about mobile armors at that point. I still, I still don't remember there actually being a mobile armor, or if was the thing that we're firing at them was supposed to be the mobile armor. I just remember them saying we're sending out the mobile armor. Um. They did mention something about a mobile armor. If that was oh, what they were sending out, or they were just uh, talking about mobile armor, I don't know. <laughs> so mobile armors are defined as uh, not mobile suits. Oh, okay. Yes. So like mobile the, armor. So like the balls in space. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or uh, or just the ships with massive uh, guns. Okay. No, because I thought he was referring to um, I thought you were referring to you know that bird-like thing that was in IBO. Yeah. Those that was kind of what I was. Those don't exist in the UC. Yeah, you're thinking you're thinking of the. Uh, yeah, because that um, was what had me confused. Right. Piloted. Yes. Max. Yeah. No, but that was what had me confused because that is what I've heard. Right, so when he then when I'm watching the sitting there watching, hearing them talking about you know the mobile armor, I immediately go what, wait, yeah those no. are those are large <laughs> machines that aren't the mobile suits, so the non-humanized no, ones, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm aware, but that was why I was like, wait, are they sending out a mobile armor? What? <laughs> this doesn't add up for me. <laughs> Something is wrong here. So that that part had me thoroughly confused. Yeah. Okay. I was, I yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't catch that. That's a little tidbit that you'd probably only know if you saw the TV show. Then. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's just you know, it's more problems in movie two. Uh, so it's so we get another skip where White Base is arriving in Jaburo. Uh, Shar's been following him the whole time. He's like, okay, we're gonna fucking find Jaburo. Here we go. Uh, White Base gets there. They're all hand handed new orders, which does nothing. <laughs> change just the next day because orders what? always change so as far as i'm concerned the civilians were still on the ship we never see him again after luna 2 that's when i finally realized mm-hmm. what happened to the civilians Did they just dump them somewhere <laughs> um, yes they might as well they should have also dumped those kids did they wind up turning most of them into soldiers uh yes they just said you're you're all yeah jabro just goes you're all soldiers now for the fetties yeah you're gonna stay in white base you don't have a choice and Armo kind of has a, a moment where it makes sense, where because he's still a civilian technically, mm-hmm. where uh, they just kind of give out uh, uh, promotional ranks to the people who died, yep. even though they weren't soldiers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like you're now uh, you you're you go up three ranks, and Armo's like, "That's it. What are you gonna do yeah. for their family?" Like, "Oh, okay. <laughs> what does he care? He gets three ranks. He's dead." <laughs> yeah, I I really appreciate that because that is like that is one thing that I've always seen as kind of. Kind of weird. I understand, like, you know, you know, they're technically military, died, or even if they're not, but they would be considered it. They died in war and whatnot, and they want to, quote-unquote, honor the dead. But it's like, I understand the reaction of, like, a civilian or somebody who's not a, not a, like, not technically not in the military of him, kind of just, oh, my friend sacrificed his life for this, and only gets his three, his three-rank promotion. Right? It's like, and <laughs> the yeah. fuck is he supposed to do with that? He's dead. <laughs> So while all this is going on, Char is infiltrating Jaburo to try and blow it up and the mass production of the uh, a lighter version of the uh, RX-78-2. Dash 2. 
Um, and then Amuro and the and the crew are just having their own little kind of conflicts going on, but they in the movie they don't go really into it at all. Uh, the new orders for White Base is to go to Solomon, which is Zeon's version of Luna 2, the resource satellite. They're supposed to go there in this very roundabout way to distract Zeon from attacking anything else. Because while while this is go while this is going on, uh, we learn that Jaburo has been developing new technologies, and Armuro notices it right away. He does mention it that uh, you know Jaburo's using us as a distraction to Zeon because they're just doing their own thing. So now with this new order to Solomon. They're just going to continue that trend of we're developing new technology to fight Zeon. You're the distraction. You're expendable. Yes. And we get to use you as guinea pigs, you and Sayla, because uh, Sayla can't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Bright can't go anywhere. Armuro can't go anywhere. They're stuck. They they vastly disagree. And this is when some turmoil starts happening among the crew. Uh, they start being having more individualistic thoughts. Frabo stays. She becomes a soldier. Um, like, like you said, most of the crew gets, end up turned into just permanent soldiers on white base and they have, they can't do anything about it. There's even a scene with the main heads of, of, uh, Jaburo and the earth fetties. They go, white base is a problem. <laughs> they don't like what it represents. They don't like much of anything. So you notice that you, you learn that the fetties are now officially dicks. <laughs> And you don't care anymore. You also learn that uh, Sayla and Char are siblings at one point in this movie. And they have a face-to-face yeah. in Jaburo. Uh Kind of emotional, but eh. <laughs> did you learn that in movie one or in movie two? Movie two. That did happen first in movie two, okay. Yeah. But it's this it's this moment in Jaburo where finally Sayla and Char... Uh, nope. No, but wait, because this is not the first time. No, 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 no. You do learn it in movie movie one, or rather, no, no, the, no. They the suggestion the suggestion is thrown out in movie one because when they're uh, when they are um, uh, escaping the uh, side seven, here. side yeah. seven, yeah, yeah, they kind of see meet, each other, and he he takes off his masks, and you know she calls him Nissan. Uh, not sure if he act- she actually says his name, but she did call him Nissan. So it's like the suggestion is thrown out there in movie one. It's, and then it's confirmed in movie two. Yes. That they're related. Yeah. So yeah. You're correct. Right. <laughs> I'm just I'm just gad- gathering my my thoughts there. Don't mind me. <laughs> yep. So we learned that uh Shar and Sayla are actually part of the Daikun family. Uh Daikon films, that'll show them. Shar <laughs> <laughs> Shar chose to go undercover in Xeon to try and get revenge. Uh, and Salo ended up going to the Fetties. Uh, we don't learn why she chose that. Mm-hmm. And Char tries to be like, hey, come back. We don't know. Just happens. Hey, come here. Come, that- here. come on. Come join your brother. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's the end of movie two. And then movie three is just a conglomeration of two battles. And it's just nonstop action. Yep. By the way, I gave With movie two a five. Parts. Yeah, I gave it a six. Yep. I gave it a six. Yeah. Like, I enjoyed how it... Some of the th- issues I had from movie one, I enjoyed how it kind of, like, uh, touched on that, even if it didn't do a good job of it, but it at least did some things that I wanted, and ultimately, I did enjoy some of the battles, but 
again, I felt very unfulfilled watching movie two. And my level of care for Gundam going into movie three was close to zero. And this is also the time when I ended up getting sick. Obviously, because of Gundam, I got an air infection. Gundam is directly responsible for this. And right. <laughs> my level <laughs> of care for Gundam went below zero going into movie three. <laughs> yeah, my even my motivation to, to, to go into movie three was significantly lessened with what happened in, in movie two. Yeah. Um, you see, this is just so a product of its time. I mean, it's not an excuse. It's literally the case that this is just a product of something that was made in the early 80s, yes. late 70s, before they had like a proper <laughs> formula. Um, movie 3, I enjoyed more than the rest of them, to be honest with you. Just because it was more action-packed? Just because, it, I, well, it's more action-packed, and I already know what the political intrigue is. Sure. That's based on your, your previous knowledge, though. Yeah, that's... Yeah. It's not a fair assessment, but it is mine. I've already mm. seen the series. Yeah. So you're biased. Yes, I am. Yeah. So <laughs> two things happen in movie three. Two events. You have the Battle of Solomon and the Battle of Abaku, which is the final battle. Um, yeah, the battle of that thing. In between, you end up at uh, at uh, side six. So this is kind of where, because if I'm, do you still have the map up of uh? where these sides are. I can find it real quick. Yeah, because I'm, I'm thinking that so Solomon is actually close to side six. Relatively. Because then side six becomes a base for the Fetties to attack Xeon and the resource uh, asteroid. Uh, so as you're looking that up, I'll go into uh, Armro meets his dad again, and he suffers from uh, oxygen. Everyone at... 0073. Here we go. Uh, so it doesn't show where Solomon is. There's Luna 2 by side 7, which makes sense. Uh, yeah, it's not showing where Solomon is, or Abaku for that matter. Um, Abaku's like a debris field, isn't it? Essentially. Yeah. So it should be right here. It should be in between Earth and side 6 somewhere. Fucking nerds. Yes, I am. Next. Anyway, well, it kind of gives you a sense of, like, where they are in space and what happens. But Armro meets his dad. His dad's gone essentially crazy because he was thrown into the vacuum of space for quite some time. Uh, so Armro's like, well, dad's gone crazy. Nothing I can do. See ya. Uh, love, his... that fucking, lo love that scene, though, when he can't send that mod module he's made for the Gundam. Oh, it's yeah. Like, Here, take this. This is going to improve Gu Gundam significantly. It's like... Hummer just receives and has that fucking, like, inner monologue. He's like, this is a piece of trash. And yeah. throws it. Yeah, he epically <laughs> throws it on the ground and it bounces. In the... <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just love this. I was expecting him to buy. Oh, my God. I was like, oh. I, I was expecting him to buy some sort of pity for his dad or something. He's like, this is a piece of trash. <laughs> well, in this in this fit of sadness, he ends up meeting Lala soon. That's, that's, that's where the soon comes in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she is a crazy advanced new type. They kind of have a. Uh, it's also he also meets Char uh, later. They kind of have a face to face when Armoro epically high high centers his car. <laughs> it's all happening on side six. It's all very weird. Uh, <laughs> for some reason, Law like the movie when Law was introduced and even in the show, it just felt off. No shit. 
You know, Char's clearly in love with her uh, because of Armoro's high new type ability. Her and or him and him and Lala end up having this epic uh, emotional connection because of their abilities. And this is where the theory comes in that uh, the the higher form of new type or new type abilities you have, the more you're able to kind of transfer this power or heighten other people's uh, potential new type abilities. The stronger you can one for all it. <laughs> uh, yeah, essentially, because uh, Armo meets Lala, all yep. of a sudden his abilities increase. Armo goes back to White Base, and he's had such an emotional connection over who knows how long, according to the movies. So time has passed. Clearly, gets their new new type abilities heightened, such as Bright Noah, Sela's, uh, Mirai's, everybody. Well, think about it. The uh, three little shits. These um, the guy who wrote this is clearly like a huge nerd. Oh yeah. Do you know how repeaters work? No. Go on. So essentially, like, let's say you have a Wi-Fi repeater. Okay. What it does is it has a repeater, and it sends a signal back to your router. Mm-hmm. Your router amplifies it back, sends it back. Okay. And you keep repeating that process over and over again. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So basically, I, see what I see what you're analyzing. So basically what they're doing is amplifying each other's ability by bouncing off each other. Right. Someone who has a shitty new type of ability, like someone who barely has one at all, would probably not do shit for her. Mm-hmm. Amaro has been fighting for his forever. Right. So his is already advanced and hers is hyper advanced. They can actually work together. And it also makes sense why Char uh, is so high because he hangs out with her so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have this battle. Uh, Big Zam shows up out of nowhere and shit starts happening. It's just explosions, people Big dying. Zam. Big Zam. It's just this massive, massive mobile suit that. Uh, uh, Big Brother Zobby pilots by himself. <laughs> uh, Armoro single-handedly defeats it. Of course. Of course he does. <laughs> and then it just goes straight into the Battle of Baku. Uh, Lala ends up like dying. That. An epic death. Uh, it's so quick. This movie just happens so fast. And this is, I think, what, the last ten episodes of the series? Remember what I said? They literally had a skip where it was just like, oh, we're in space. Now we're there. Yeah, clearly like, you missed whoa. like two episodes, <laughs> two, three episodes. It was just like, oh, okay, I guess we're there then. We did it. Um, the way I described it was basically like this. It felt like I had a mini stroke and I'd forgotten the last <laughs> 10 minutes of what happened. Because I was like, wait. Yeah, mobile armor, big weren't zone. we in yep. space yeah. like two seconds ago? <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Everyone starts dying. Everyone all of a sudden starts developing new type abilities. Uh, Zeon... Even the three little shits. <laughs> yeah. Zeon all of a sudden uh, has a, a leap in technology, but uh, I guess if you if you caught the one line where they're like, oh no, everyone's been developing this new technology the whole time for this last epic fight, and this just happened yeah, to be where it was. Federation has has their... their, their you know, Zeon shows... Or Star shows up in a Zeon, which is this crazy... No. Isn't uh, the 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 female Zabi uh, Cecilia? She pilots the Zeon, doesn't she? Z i o n g. Yeah, Z e o n g. Z e o n g. Okay. I believe so. Uh, Dozel Zabi. He's the guy who pilots Big Zam. Uh, there's a cool little thing where he, where where uh, he he him and his wife uh gave birth to a small child named Maneva. Plays in the later uh, Gundam shows. Uh, but it's just an epic battle. 
Um, Char and Armoro have an epic fight. Uh, very unfulfilled ending there. Was first piloted by the Red Comet, Char ends. Okay, so Char does pilot that. That's right. Okay. Uh, anyways, yeah, it's piloted through, like, uh, psycho brainwaves, uh, big Xeon yeah, technology. Power. Yeah, Um anyone's seen uh lots of people die epic deaths one particular character has an epic death where like her intestines fly out it's like the best death of the entire series if anyone's seen <laughs> thunderbolt run off a of psycho zaku power which is just stump power the power of not having limbs right but in this case since char is Being uh, a chicken nugget well since char has such inherent new type abilities he's able to just power it with his mind yeah he doesn't need to be directly uh um infused into it yeah yeah he doesn't need to be a chicken nugget. And for those wondering, Thunderbolt was basically the uh, the research group for uh, new type abilities. We're trying to integrate. So that's, but I don't think it's technically canon. It's part of the UC. It's part of the UC, but it's not that's technically canon. Ca- mm. uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. I like all the battles. I don't like how uh, the entire interaction... Uh, of Lala went. I think the problem with it happened so far into the Universal Century, it wasn't even worth it. Hmm. Okay. Please, please continue. Because the Battle of Abaku is the is the end of the um, end of the war, the one year war. It's it's it was it was supposed to feel so much more epic, but the movie just kind of. Mm. I, I feel like the because the movie's pace cheapened everything. Even the ending felt cheapened. Mm-hmm. The goddamn betrayals. That was the laziest goddamn betrayals I've ever seen. Yeah, it just felt off. There was some. There it is. All of a sudden, fucking KSABC. Yeah. 20, uh, 0079. There you go. All of a sudden, the fucking Hold one on. sister from like Sabi family betrays her brother, shoots him in the head, takes over. Char eventually finds out that this was my chance to get rid to get rid of them. He blows her up. Which was cool. Seeing her body fly, the parts fly all over the place was cool. And they're mm-hmm. slow mowing that, slow mowing that to get savor every bit of that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but you know, at the same time as War in the Pocket and the Battle of Abaku. Yeah. So all that research and technology coming to fruition in thun- in Thunderbolt was then went went into the suits that they used at the final battle as well. Abaku. Yeah. So it all kind of it all kind of comes together. Um, Don't worry, we'll get seven years later and get an entire generation of SmackDown. I mean, do Zeta. I I I like a lot of the political intrigue. I like the uh, I like the battles. Um, The third movie definitely had the best action scenes. Mm -hmm. Especially, I mean, the the most epic battles is the end of the war. Uh, But reiterating myself. Just felt cheapened. Yeah, yeah, it did. Well, you didn't have as much time to develop care. Not in the third movie at all. Yeah. Like, when Lala was portrayed in the show, she was given a lot more time than in the movie, than Mm -hmm. just Armour meets her once, meets her again, but just kind of looks at her. Yep. And that was it. Because her death is supposed to be just just this epic uh, new type (coughs) awareness moment. Yeah. Like, this is the next step where Gundam's going. And in the movie, I was just like, oh, she died. 
cool. Yeah, like in the oh, series, he sacrificed like, herself. Good Jesus job. Die. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. In it's the show, literally, like she's just you just watch Jesus get hung on the cross. That's yeah. what it's fucking like. It, yeah, it's just crazy. And this one's just <laughs> up, and she's not there anymore, and no one seems to care. Oh, Amaro cares. Oh, now he doesn't. Okay, cool. Let's continue. Mm-hmm. It was so odd. So, Tori, what is your final thoughts over a genre and something that you didn't like? Like I've said before, mech is not my thing. I do not enjoy uh, watching robots fight each other. Something about robots fighting robots makes war and fighting seem so much more impersonal. Like impersonal and cold. I don't. I don't enjoy that. Mm-hmm. It kind of. I don't know. It's like it's like watching people shoot dolls. Like it it doesn't it doesn't do anything for me. Uh, Gundam is a series that I just straight up don't care for. Like the politics, I understand that this is a massive universe built over a long ass time with a lo- with lots of stuff in there, politics and goddamn it, like whatever the fuck. But ultimately. There's also so much shit I don't care about. Like, like I've just I made fun of you guys for like, for like going up there pulling off fucking maps and shit to figure out where everything <laughs> is happening on a great grand scale of things. You guys are mentioning robots, mentioning their fucking models and everything because sure. this is very important to Gundam fans, and I get that. But for me, I couldn't care less about what the fucking numbers behind that Gundam. Is. A Gundam is or about its specs. It's like when I watch a Gundam and I hear, or even any kind of mecha, and I hear them go into like the specs of a robot, I fucking hang myself. I don't <laughs> care. Like it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter to me. So like, I take I'm it even after interested. watching the third movie, uh, you e- even during can, the movies you weren't too into going the extra mile to fill in those gaps that the movie just didn't have. I, by the time, by the time I watched the third movie. You also have to remember, I have an ear, I have an ear infection. I had a fever. I had a pounding headache. I was not in a stable mi- a state of mind to actually <laughs> care about anything. My favorite part of that movie was the ending when that chick got blown up by Char, and I, like I said, I slow slow mo that shit to watch her body like just burn up and get torn to shreds. That was my favorite moment. Other than that, I was sitting talking to you. And I didn't even barely read what they were talking about or pay attention. And it was like, oh, they're fighting. Oh, Amor and Char is fighting now. Oh, he got stabbed. Um, now Char is going off doing other shit again because, yeah. And now they're escaping. And then they're trying to guide Armoro out of there because this place is blowing up. And nobody can get in contact with him, even though they have new type abilities now slightly. But they can't get in contact with him. Because he's too far away or whatever and their powers don't reach him. But that's when the three little shits, like I keep calling them, show up and they're like, yes, we can do it. <laughs> I, I don't fucking, they have to be useful somehow because they're still on that goddamn ship for some reason. Uh, yeah, and I'm just sitting there going, no, I don't care. I don't like this. I thought this was extremely poorly done. I don't care about anything. The betrayals fe- felt, like I said, the betrayals which is a, I understand is a big part of Gundam. They felt so poorly done. Like I said, all just all of a sudden, like, you need to die now so I can control this. And then Char <laughs> getting his revenge for whatever. And yeah, like, 
fucking other new type girl that you were talking about had how she when she dies it kind of just happens like i'm just in the, oh another case of i'm sacrificing myself for the person i love uh, dead move on it's i was just sitting there going like i, I don't care i have no i have not don't have the ability to care i just want to go to bed i'm sick <laughs> uh, yeah joe rant over <laughs> all right so on the plus side this opens up the entire universe or the uc for you tori which is nice on the downside, yeah, you don't give a shit again. anyway. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I have, honestly, I had little to no interest in Gundam before. I have even less interest in Gundam right now. Okay, so a couple things. One, you have teachers that are younger than this series is that are currently teaching you. <laughs> uh, well, maybe not my current teachers, but yes. Um, two, I think that Gundams are actually more personal. Because there's actually a theme throughout the entire Universal Century that snipers are cowards. Right. Maybe so, but that is definitely not present in this movie. At all. No. <laughs> uh, how many people does fucking Amuro Ray just straight up beam saber? Ah, so, it's funny you bring that up. <laughs> my tally... I, t- I took two tallies. I did my best to try and keep up with it. Uh, people slapped in the face, or punched. Uh, we saw a total across the three movies, nine. Not enough. Not enough, because I, I remember Zeta, Zeta Gundam, the sequel, it's like all the time. So I, I, was, I was thinking, I was thinking, all right, well, maybe uh, it happens here. And then I took an Armoro kill count on screen. Tori, how many people do you think Armoro killed? No clue. <laughs> Just give me a number. I don't know, 20, 25? 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40. 45, 49 people plus two battleships with an unknown count on those battleships is what I was able to tally. I could have missed a battleship or two. I could have missed a, a person or two, but it was just what I saw on screen and just marking a tally down. Ooh. Yeah. So anyway, um, it's quite the battle record. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, he's no <laughs> guts. Okay. He's no guts. He's no guts. Guts is at what? 1200? Yeah, guts kills demons and whatnot. Yeah. He also slaughtered an That's entire regiment on his own. Oh, well, so we killed 100 people in a single battle. Whatever. <laughs> Only got a couple of fucking arrows thrown in them. That's, that's fake fantasy. What are you talking about, though? Come yeah. on. These Berserk Gundams are bad. real. Berserk's bad anime. Yeah. <laughs> Berserk doesn't even have an anime. Jesus. Yeah. What's wrong with you? So, uh, there's a huge there's a huge thing going through the entire UC that snipers are cowards. If you saw Thunderbolt, it's actually like one of the opening scenes of it. Oh, what are you? Yeah, what are you, a fucking coward? And then they oh, get no, in, no, no. and he fucking shoots him in the face, pulls the guy out, yeah. and starts calling everyone off on the actual uh, voice comm cowards. Yeah. No, like, I know where all you fucking people are now. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get each one of you. That's a hmm, that's a huge theme. So like most people are using, you know, whatever whatever mobile suit size assault weapon you can have, and beam savers. But Senpai, double O was all about long-range attacks. I don't like double O. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> double O was fine. <laughs> it was fine. I just, no. I don't, it was the most Shonen Gundam, and I'm not uh, big on Shonen. Yep. So as, as a compilation movie, uh, it was a great refresher for myself. Yep. But that's it. it. <laughs> I gave movie one a six, movie two a five, movie three a seven. I went uh, eight, six, seven, which went brings six, six. brings the compilation total to a seven. 
I went six, six, four. Hey, oh, you didn't like the fourth one the least? <laughs> the fourth or, one? Uh, the third one the least? <laughs> I did like the third one the least. I, huh. I, I could not be asked for that third one. That was unwanted. <laughs> I was done with the fucking movies, movie series by the oh. second movie. <laughs> so, Tori, do you have a favorite mobile suit you saw? No. Do you have a favorite character? Like I said, no. No. <laughs> No one. Like I said, my the only character that I even I don't I'm not even gonna say I gave a shit about her, but the only character I remotely even cared about was Matilda. Because, like I said, she was hot. It brought a tear to my eye when she died because well the hot character's dead. And I also stopped caring about her after that. But like <laughs> that is kinda like I didn't care for anyone. I thought they were all gonna fucking garbage. Gundam's mobile suits, fucking Maccas. I don't care about that stuff. That is irrelevant to me. I, I, I cannot bring myself to like a robot. I've never done that. I've never been able to like a robot. Yeah, too bad. Well, like you had the scene where, uh, you had the scene where Amaro stabbed the fucking pilot's cabin. On the first yeah. one, yeah. Yeah. Yes. You're gonna say that's impersonal. To Amaro, it no, was I, because he couldn't I never actually that see the person. Impersonal. That is, but the problem is, like I said, when I say I think it's impersonal, that is a that's something I think based on like my limited experience with Mecha, not necessarily Gundam, but with Mecha. And there is something, like I said, because in most cases of what I've seen, it is two people carrying guns shooting at each other from a di- from a distance, or two robots rather from a di- shooting at each other from a distance, and eventually one of them blows up. That to me, it kind of just feels like you know, it feels like shooting at. Training dolls, essentially. It, it doesn't feel like anything to me. It doesn't feel personal. Now, I, I understand where you're coming from with the whole, like, they get up close and, mm. you know, step actually, even in sense, like, even when they don't fuck, don't even, like, kill each other in robots, like when dude, the dude throw, threw himself out and, like, with a bomb and exploded himself in, like, Amros, like, in the Gundam's hand, right? That that thing, stuff like that. That is, that is the exception for me, right? Those are the times where it feel it becomes more personal. But ultimately, I still, and especially with these movies, because I feel like they don't do these things justice at all. Mm-hmm. So it still kind of just feels like a a glory reel or a a highlight reel almost of this person died, that person died, that person died, that person died, that person died. Do you remember this person died? <laughs> right. It becomes one of those like you know NBA highlights. <laughs> Yeah, that's one of the major problems with fucking compilation movies. They do just kind of feel cheap. Yeah. Just because of how they Even- events are cheapened because you you you're given less information. Exactly. Yeah. Uh. That's basically like that's kind of shaky. Basically no, my whole <laughs> no favorite mobile suitor character. My favorite mobile suit is not from this series. Well, pick one from this series. Uh, Commander Type Zaku Two. So Shar's custom, yes. Okay, I'm a I'm I'm a big fan of that as well. I'm actually a pretty big fan of Romba Rawls, mm-hmm. uh, Goog or Gog. He was piloting with the whip, the electric yes. whip. I'm a big fan of that. My favorite character is definitely Sela. I wish uh, I wish there was just more more about her because oh, she was such an in, boy. In, important character. I like Frost. She was Frabo. terrible. Well, it's weird how she but, ends up. Cause she ends up not with Amaro and fucking. She's just the, she, yeah. She's elf. She's just a mother ju- to everyone, and yeah. she's she was born in 0064. 
<laughs> She's cool. 15. Yeah. Pi- on Can I just like flight deck? Yeah, cool, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I just gonna have because I remember you told me that JD like uh, that you like Sailor. Yeah. And I have to like I just when you said that I just had kind of a moment of just wait what? Because Why? to me Sailor is like Sailor is the basically the embodiment of you know Nisa. <laughs> Well, in the movies, like, that's yeah, that's a whole, that's that's yeah. a whole purpose in in the show. Exactly, I, right? I, I, so I didn't was, feel it, so I was like, "Damn!" Yeah. So when you said that, I was just like, "What?" Yeah, Sailor's sure, just not portrayed well the... <laughs> in these movies. It's like, and that, and that is my problem. That's why I don't care for any characters because ultimately, apart from uh, Amaro, I don't feel like any character has been done any sort of justice, and Amaro is terrible. <laughs> so, I don't care. Who am I supposed to care? The only oh, no. the only people that Char's they seem the to try to well, Char's the best character in all Gundam. Char, yeah. yeah, yeah, but that is that is different. Like, but the way I look at it is okay. Char's given so much backstory and everything, and he's the one that actively doing. What about Sayla's side? She's how did she become? She's probably one of the most conflicted characters in the entire series. Oh, sure, because she's fighting the Fetties, but her brother is also on the Zeon side, and yep. you know. Uh, the Daikun family was assassinated for being pacifists. You learned that, mm-hmm. uh, I believe, in the third movie. Uh, and that was that was how the Zabi family came to power. It was taking out this uh, this essentially rival group, which was run by the Daikun family. And that's kind of Char's uh, origin story. So I haven't yeah, seen... I, I actually haven't that. seen Gundam Origin, so maybe Sayla's in that. Mm-hmm. She has to be in it. She has to be in it in some way. Because it's Char's story. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite Gundams ended up being uh, Gundam Unicorn, the OVA series, not the TV series, and that's all about Maneva Zabi. She's a conflicted character because she came, she comes from the Zabi family, has that history. My favorite Gundam is Eighth MS. It's very grounded, yeah. Yeah, I I like Real Robot series over Super Robot. That's one of the reasons why I like Gundam and. Um, if you're into Gundam, anybody listening who's actually sat through this three-hour, twenty-minute thing. Uh, might I suggest actually watching Votomes? Because it has a pathetically low rating on Mal. Yeah, it does. Not a lot of people have seen it. The ending's kind of what the fuck. I'll tell you that up front. Yeah, that's true. But it's such a goddamn good series. Rambaral, there he is. Um, Oh, is it Jimbaral then? That I was talking about this whole time? It might have been Jimbarol. I might have misspoken this this entire time of who that is. No? No. Looks like he's the only... Oh, shit. Who's... Uh, 0068? Who? No. Oh, that must... You know what? That might be a younger... Yeah. It's a younger picture of him. Yep. That's okay. So it is Rambaral. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I thought I've been wrong this whole time. I look like an ass for 20 straight minutes. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Okay, so uh, overall, I gave it a seven. I was kind of disappointed on it. It yeah. just feels like a refresher. I think that's the point. Um, what, what from other Gundam fans, this being more canon? No, no. Watch the original series; you'll get the, I... you'll get the majority of information. That's my that that's my take on it. After watching these, uh, I would like. Well, I think this has already missed its shot, but I think this could have been made, remade, like remastered mm-hmm. sometime in. The late 90s, early 2000s, and just 
not have the story changed, nothing like that. Touched up, made it look better, tighten up the story. So take out some of the nonsense. Yeah, it's definitely kind of missed the boat on that that, that opportunity. That, that kind of storytelling doesn't really exist much anymore. Yeah. Because people don't have the attention span usually or something. They don't think people are going to stick around. They want to they wanna make the lowest common denominator. Well, that's why watch Gundam series. Origin is only like four episodes. Yeah, that's why it's a 12-volume manga. Yeah. Well, actually, I think those are two-in-ones. <laughs> but uh, that's why it's... It takes up an entire fucking shelf on my bookshelf, but it's four episodes. Yeah. Mm. You read it, the people who are going to read a manga like that are the people who want to know every yep. fucking excruciating Everything. detail. So People are going to watch the series, they're just gun fans, pop it in. Yeah. That's it. Tori, do you regret watching the movies? Yes. You do? Yeah. Good. Well, I can't like wait till we do Zeta. The, no more. That's going to no. be a while. <laughs> For me, I'm pretty much done with Gundam. I, I, there's nothing that's going to change my mind on Gundam. I have War in the Pocket coming up for the quest, and that is, like, my final hope for ever enjoying anything related to Gundam. But other than that, I'm pretty much done with the series. Like, there's... I cannot see anything changing my mind on this series. Like, I'm, I'm basically getting into that point where it's like... I'm basically reaching the point of cynicism here, where it's like I'm getting I'm getting so stubborn that I'm not gonna want to enjoy it at this point. Do you need to order a pizza? No, I refuse. Didn't you? Um, I, I do. I do. Didn't you enjoy IBO? I did actually enjoy IBO, but then didn't again, you I enjoy really Eighth like Mar- Uh I not that much. Uh, I liked, like I said, people I like IBO Gundam because Ra- it's not about the mobile suits. <laughs> it's not Gundam. I like IBO because yeah. it's Mario Kart, and, and she's you, a terrible unless, unless you could hack. tell. I uh, fucking love her her type of writing. I, yeah. Yeah, baby's first storytelling. So. Yeah, no. <laughs> All right, we're approaching uh, three and a half hours here. I think we've we've yeah, set our piece. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't you can, say. Yeah, uh, hit us up on the my anime list Redleaf Retrocast, uh, Worldwide yeah. Weebs. Uh, hit yeah. us. Uh, you know, you can find this across iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Overcast. Uh, Podbean, thank you for hosting Um, yeah, next episode's over Evangelion and the rise and fall of Gynax as a discussion as as this as as, uh, as this Gundam one was about me kind of going over over everything something tells me, Joe, you're gonna be (laughs) the one heading up the Ava to to kind of inform us on anything we missed Basically, what's going to happen in the Ava cast is uh, Senpai is going to join. Like, we're all going to join, and then Senpai is going to talk for four hours. <laughs> and nobody else is going to get to say anything, and then we're going to call it quits. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to get a fan of Evangelion, because I've never had a one-on-one conversation to truly break down uh, Neon, Genesis, uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. Because that just turns into fucking uh, bullshit. I guess we'll have to discuss if we're actually going to cover end of evangelion since it's separate yes we are it's part of the story all right so we're gonna cover both <laughs> yeah right. it's the ending it's the ending <laughs> actually i think it's this. oh we will save that anyway save it all for next time uh we got some good uh good topics coming up in the next few episodes that tori and i discussed and i just think it's a lot of fun joe one of them we've actually played before where we uh say the summary of a series in a different language and you have to guess. <laughs> uh, I did it. 
it might be a, an ongoing game where you know maybe Tori will head it up and he'll say everything in Norwegian and we'll guess <laughs> Hickey in Portuguese. So it could be a th- it could be a thing going on. Uh, so this has been episode nine. Don't forget to send us questions. Don't forget to send us questions, yeah. whether it's Discord. on Mal Discord. Uh, hit us up on Twitter, Full Metal uh, underscore LAX. Bowling JD. Write us a five star review. Write us a five star review on the iTunes and leave a question in there if you want to. Sure. Just any anyway. <laughs> we really appreciate more more uh, more feedback from our community. I need friends. <laughs> I'm moving to Rhode I Island. <laughs> Jesus. Tori's gonna move to Rhode Island too. He just doesn't know it yet. No. He should. <laughs> I refuse. Members of our community are moving to Rhode Island. They don't even know it yet. They're gonna escape their protective turtle shell. What the hell is going to happen when literally everybody who both participates and listens to the podcast eventually moves to Rhode Island? Nothing. <laughs> we will we'll be victorious. We'll have the weeb shelter. <laughs> Rhode Island, aka Rhode the Island weeb will be overpopulated. <laughs> Get to the weeaboo protection chamber. Oh. Uh, I think it's dinner time. What do you think? I agree. Let's get the hell out of here. Um, I'm going to pick some, time. I guess, the Gundam ending song. So One of them. Yeah. If you're watching on YouTube, you won't get any of the songs. If you're everywhere else, you will hear it all as usual. That's right. See ya, everybody. Peace. Peace. アムロ、アムロ、お前の生まれた古里だ。覚えているかい少年の日のことを温かい温もりの中で目覚めた朝をアムロ、振り向くなアムロ。男は涙を見せぬもの見せぬものただ明日へと明日へと永遠